Grim Jow says the thing, and me and Jose are in the corner like, yeah, it's so cool. You go get it. Sam's like, ugh, dies. He posts a meme. Welcome back to Bleach Boys. Can't Fear in a World, Volume 3, Part 2, the finale of all of the novels, all of the Can't Fear in a World light novel, which we find out at the very end of the novel, by the way, this was meant to be the last novel, like, period. Ever. This was supposed to be ever. Like, this was supposed to be the cherry on the top novel of Bleach. You were never supposed to see anything, anything more. As always, Jose, Pythes, welcome, boys. We're finally here. This is the conclusion, and there's really um technically like two, three chapters left, but they're fucking behemoths of chapters. Chapter twenty four, over a hundred yes. pages, I'm pretty sure. Yes, and then they have final chapter. That's the title. It's not numbered. It's just called the final chapter. Then there's bonus chapter. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, they're fucking with me here. They're absolutely fucking with me. So there's a lot to cover in this episode. Um, not as much to dive into as in the history of the Soul Society, but we do have a potential new history of Soul Society that's been revealed by Kubo himself in the past couple of days. Ooh. So we will touch on that at the very end. With that, we're going to hop right into chapter 23. You guys ready? Ready. Excited. Very excited. All right. We cut back to the fight of Tokunata's life, all right? He is uh, still fighting Hasagi, still having a great time, loving it. But he is starting to become even more excited because Kazushini, as you know, obviously used by Hasagi, is getting better and better. Like, he's getting closer, he's getting faster, um, they're more precise, and... Tokunata continues to use all the fucking various Zanpakuto forms, abilities, whatever. Dodges them, deflects them, does whatever he wants. But it just keeps picking up in speed from Hisagi. And Tokunata's like, the fuck is happening? He's a damn and wizard. Yes, eventually he starts to notice that he's actually kind of hurting Tokunata into a tight space. And Tokunata's like, okay, this isn't good. And attempts to use Wabisuke. But it says Kazushini, as if it had almost a mind of its own, perfectly dodged him using Wabisuke and just keeps attacking. And Tokunata's like, okay, is he able to see me right now? Like, is this all a fucking joke? He still so, has his eyes closed. Yeah, like, eyes completely closed. closed. So Tokunata's like, let me test that. Let me figure out what's going on here. Uses Ryujin Jaka to create a flame wall. He's like, this will block it. You can't see shit. And just as he uses the flame wall, Kazushin cuts right through it. Just immediately right through it. And this is when Tokunata's like, okay, listen, my spiritual pressure ain't, ain't really that strong enough to use Ryujin Jaka to its full potential. Especially where he's kind of balancing the other Zanpakutos he's going. He can't use it all at the same time time so now he's starting to figure out what his strategy is going to be going forward he's like i don't really have any goal in mind to defeat them quickly but i really want to cause them despair it's just starting not to go very well here <laughs> so he starts thinking like you know what i could just kill 80 percent of the people here and leave kiraku to despair and that would still be pretty good so that's what his game plan is now going forward. I love how he's just like the Joker right now. He's yeah. just like, how much pain yeah. can I inflict on all of these he's people? He's like, man, I originally wanted to draw this out as long as possible, mm-hmm. but Hasagi's really fucking this up for me right now. He's like, this kid's gotten way too good all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. like, fuck this. He's like, it just doesn't make any sense. His eyes are closed. He's getting faster. This is bullshit. He's like, I'm going to have to actually kill somebody. This sucks. I love how they describe it as like uh, like the size of a tatami mat which isn't that yeah, big and i was small. just like i pictured it immediately i'm like oh my god he can't move yeah and you can see why you might get a little stressed i was like oh this isn't good this yeah. is like, i mean herded into this small area this is horrible it's at this point that we get to uh the pettiest of my fuck that bitch tokinata <laughs> we're on number 16 okay it's he describes everybody else there as riffraff and i just <laughs> said i said bitch what the fuck are you like a 1920s oil baron yeah. <laughs> well, they're riffraff. He's a 
aristocrat Pythes. So they're just you the only deal elite for him. Okay. Fucking mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Tokinata. <laughs> I know. I hate that guy. So the fight continues on. Hasagi's attacking. Now the Quincy's in a wrong car are starting to get in on it as well. They're starting to shoot arrows, starting to shoot arrows. Hasagi's kind of narrowing down where Tokonata could possibly be. And Tokonata is still countering him, having a great time. And he even is like, okay, listen, Hasagi's pretty fucking good for Lieutenant. He acknowledges Hasagi here. And he's like, I'm, here's what I'm going to do. Use Sinban Zakra. I'm going to launch my own counterattack. Surrounds himself with a bunch of blades. And just as he goes to do that, all of a sudden, Tokodana's arm is severed by Kazushini. I and was e- so excited yeah. right there. I was like, let's go. Yeah. And everyone hears Tokodana scream and is like, this is our opportunity. And starts shooting all kinds of fucking shit. Arrows, Saros, Yumichika and Ikaku are shit talking him. That's why that's how they contribute <laughs> to that one. And all of a sudden, everybody starts to call to Asagi that Aura is approaching him. Like, Aura is coming right at him out of the fucking blue. And Asagi knowing he's fought Aura before, knows he can't hit her with physical attacks, opens his eyes to try to, like, I don't know, do Bakudo, Hado, something, and that's when they hear the shatter sound. When I saw, heard that, I was like, mother <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yep. And now Hisagi is also under the effects of Kyokusu Getsu as it's revealed that in the Sinbon Zakra, he swapped places with Aura and he surrounded himself with that Sinbon Zakra so nobody could see and used a spiritual pressure dampening cloak the same one that Rohar used in the turn back the pendulum arc to basically hide himself and get out of there what a crafty son of a bitch mm-hmm. and so Tokonata at this point he's got full control of the field mm-hmm. he knows he's got full control of the field he's like alright now how am I going to handle this all let's figure out what's going on who am I going to pick off first and then he turns to Aura he's like wait a second what happened to the Fullbringers? That like where are they? They're nowhere to be seen. We've we mentioned it last episode. Where the fuck are the Fullbringers? Mm-hmm. They were not in this fucking first half of the novel at all. And Aura's like, well, don't worry, they've been taken care of. And then Yukio makes his appearance on his fucking screen. And he's like, Yeah, I took care of him. He says he put a virus into his past so that when Tokonata used Book of the End, it basically showed him this virus and it turned oh sorry, Tsukushima. I'm gonna always say those names. I know, I was confusing them yeah, the whole time. It, Fucking Tsukushima stabbed him with the book of the end, and it basically turned him, and that made get him go to Genjo and the green cunt that we don't know the that Girko. Thank you, Jose, and it made him insert it into him them as well. And so this is where we see Genjo and Tsukushima. They step forward, and Tokonata's like, "I believe you, but let me use Kokusugetsu on them as well, just just to be just to be extra careful, just to be super cautious." And just as Tokonata goes to lift his blade, he is immediately slashed by a Getsuga-like attack from none other than Genjo, of course. And Tokonata actually was able to react to that and attempted to use Zangetsu, which he was trying to basically shoot his own Getsuga back at him. But it was only able to gain the form of a Zangetsu and not the power due to the uniqueness of its origins. So he could not use Zangetsu. Mm-hmm. And it just shattered the blade. So Tokonata still, after all this happens, there's a clash. Two Zangetsus, well, one shattered. And Tokonata tries to use Kyokusugetsu still. He's like, fuck it. I'm still going to do it. But all of a sudden, he feels like he can't use the power of Kyokusugetsu. And Tokonata's like, okay. Like, I know there's a weakness to this. We've He's seen it all before with Aizen. Aizen explained the weakness himself. And he's like, okay. I know if someone touches Kyokusugetsu, they become unaffected by hypnosis. And then he realizes that because he's actually not Aizen himself, that in and of itself is another weakness where someone with enough spiritual pressure that that much greater than Tokonata would be able to seal a Zanpak toe. And that's why he went out of his way to one, get rid of Yodoichi and Kiraku first. Cause mm-hmm. he's like, those are the only two people that would be able to immediately fuck me over. And he's like, actually son of a bitch, there's one more person that could do it. And it's aura. 
So Tokonata immediately feels himself start to become restrained and uh, tries to grab his Zanpak toe. And even with Inrakyoten, which is his actual Zanpak toe, he could feel that each and every blade within the Zanpak toe was also being touched by something. So Aura just basically touched all the Zanpak toe. Just she like, nullified yeah, it all. She was like, eat a dick. And everyone is watching Aura suddenly turn on Tokonata. And like she has leveled the playing field. But nobody knows it and nobody can move because they are still so goddamn scared of Gyokusugetsu. They are all watching like Aura attack him. They're all watching Aura wrap him with the little things that she was using mm-hmm. against Ruhara. And they're still like, we cannot move because we are not sure if this is really happening. Can you imagine just be, seeing the guy you're trying to like kill or get his ass beat? And then you're just like, I, I want to jump in so bad, yeah. but I can't right now. Well, because like you think the guy you're fighting, his whole MO, his whole thing this whole time has even Kiraku while they were fighting. He's like, you're exactly the type of guy to lie, then go, oh, actually, I lied. Like, this is what I want to do just to cause more despair. Mm-hmm. So even if they were to think they were seeing him lose, is he lying? Is he just setting us up for like more despair? Like, what is happening here? So they still, nobody hopped in. Nobody hopped in to help. Everybody's like, I, I totally understand. <laughs> I would be hesitant too. Yeah. I mean, you'd be like, I just can't even be. What if I stab somebody again? We already had that with eyes. <laughs> uh, we've like, had that multiple times. I just got out of therapy after stabbing <laughs> Momo. I mean, like, I just don't know if I can do it. What if, like, hits a guy that just shows up and all of a sudden <laughs> he's like, I got him. Oh my God, it's Momo <laughs> yeah, again. He's like, You guys don't worry. I've been through this before. I'm a bit of an expert. I can take care of this one. <laughs> yeah, I fucking hits a guy. POS. You know at, at this point, Hitchigai should be able to feel on reflex. Oh, I stabbed that. You know what that feels like when I stabbed Momo. <laughs> yeah. something else. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is a bit too similar to when I did last time. So I, <laughs> I'm able to tell this is a fake. Thank you. Fucking Tokinata. We go straight from here to another aura flashback where she is thinking of her life as a whole and said that she's basically lived her whole life as just a passive cog in the system. And she doesn't have any attachment. She just follows orders. And she's trying to think of what it is she was missing. Obviously, she was missing everything. But what exactly was it she was missing in her life? And she finally realizes that her whole life she was devoid of love. And her life obviously takes a turn when she meets Tokonata and Tokonata tasks her with creating a soul reaper from various soul and body fragments that we talked about last episode. And during this project, for the very first time, she experiences basically a sense of accomplishment and an unexpected feeling of love for the new life that she creates of being named Hakone. And despite knowing the life was created merely to be used as a tool by Tokonata, Aura's whole perspective on life swapped in that thing. She immediately had this feeling that she's never had before. She started to see the world in a different light. She knows she now thinks you know, there's potential in life that she has created. And Hakone innocently begins referring to her as her his their mother. It's yep. like, oh, Tokana tells me you're kind of like my mother, even though I don't know what a fucking mother is. And Aura is just like, uh. Like that's just I love it. that's just what I want to do here. And Aura totally recognizes the innocence and the lack of ill will in Akone. And it reminds her of her younger self when she was locked away. And she kind of sees that version and wants to basically give a better life to Hakone. Wants mm-hmm. to like right the wrongs that she went through for Hakone. And this makes her question the you know everything, like the nature of her father's actions, if it was worth him doing that, the happiness that was felt during that time. And Aura ultimately decides that 
her one goal, if she can have any goal personally, is to not allow Hakone to be used by Hakone, uh, Tokonata. And of course, in a secret resolve that she made with herself, she wants to rescue Hakone from Tokonata's manipulation. And she said she is okay with doing that, even if Hakone hates her for it. Yeah. Even if Hakone grows up, and because, you know, like Hakone's whole world is Tokonata. Like mm-hmm. we've seen time and time again. They love Tokonata. It, it is what it is. And she's like, even if Hakone hates me, I'm still going to do it. I I cannot let Hakone go through that. So now that she has this newfound sense of purpose, she is all about Hakone. Boom, 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 boom. And now her actions are actually being driven by a goal and wants to show Hakone that there's more to life than Tokonata, which is something that we touch base on later. And they want to let them make their own decisions. They want to provide Hakone with the same opportunity for choice that she had but she didn't make any choices you know she's she squandered it and she wants to basically instill this self-determination that she herself didn't have and tokenata back to the you know future now is uh you know putting on the the surprise that she was uh so so surprised that aura did that and tokenata's like yeah okay you know what actually i'm not gonna lie for long i totally knew you were gonna do that like he he could i think he explains here I was really just surprised by the timing that you chose to do for it. I knew you were going to do it. I thought it would either be sooner or later. It just doesn't make any sense for you to do it right here. Like, yeah, he's a like, whole, I'm a little confused at the moment. Yeah, it gives a whole, like, fucking breakdown. Like, really not the greatest plan for me. Or I thought you would have done it later. It would have made more sense. Like, dude, okay. And she's just like, I don't even know what to say. She's just, <laughs> she's just like, okay, I mean, what do you mean? And basically, Tokenar reveals that he not only anticipated it, but he manipulated her emotions towards Hakone for his own amusement. And oh, then he, he tried to eisen her, dude. Yeah. And then Genjo tries to attack him, but he's still fucking on guard, dodges it easily. And all of a sudden, Aura begins to feel weak and collapse to the floor. I mean, Tokonot is a son of a bitch. Right? He's such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I can't with him. I hate him so much. But I will say that overall, probably one of the best villains i've seen he's in a while great he's, he's fantastic i love to hate him i i told you guys over and over he's the best villain in bleach mm-hmm. so good and it's just like he's just so antagonizing to a point where it's just i don't know there's something about the way he does it where it's like that guy is a cocksucker yep yeah. <laughs> like god i hope you fall in the pit well, it's like with Eisen, you know, he gets a lot of love. Eisen's like, oh, he's so cool. Eisen's he's cool. so cool. He's a badass. And it's just like, Tokonata is quite literally, fuck that bitch, Tokonata. Yep. Like, all the way through. Like, you're right about Eisen. And I think people even kind of respect Yuha because he's like a weird old guy with a big mustache that does some cool shit. Well, I mean, his but philosophy he- on things were like, oh, this this is just not right. I need to change the world. Yeah, like he's going about it the wrong way and maybe there might be a big massacre involved. But he has he he's doing it for what he believes to be the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Tokinata's just a bitch that wants to fuck everybody over. <laughs> yep, he's like, nah, I need to fuck mm-hmm. over this world. Yep. He's like the Joker but lame. <laughs> <laughs> So despite Aura beginning to suddenly feel really weak, she still continues to suppress the activation token on Kyokusugetsu because obviously he tries to activate it again and again and again. And she is sacrificing herself at this point. And Yumi Chika, still in the room, is watching this happen. And he's like, that is my fucking Zanpakuto that he's using there. He's like, that son yeah. of a bitch. It's like, that is mine. And Tokonata even goes on to explain, is like, 
Sure, you can't be hit by physical attacks, but I know I've told you before that there are so many other Zanpakuto out there that that is one of the good things about there being so much Zanpakuto is there's surely one that will work on you. Like, yep. surely. And that's what I'm using. Like, here you go. So Genjo now decides this shit like this is a perfect opportunity. I'm going to start fighting Tokonata. I can't use any of his powers. Perfect time to start fucking him up. And this is when Tokonata decides to start playing fun games with Genjo. He's like, this is my <laughs> opportunity. I know Ukatake very well. I know you very well. This is going to be a great time sam i like two years ago when you guys were watching the full bring arc you were asking me questions i was like i can't answer it yeah here we go here's some answers <laughs> oh perfect <laughs> so tokenata is trying to prompt basically genjo more along the lines like you know you hate the soul reapers i don't like the soul reapers you wanted to turn the world around i'm trying to turn the world around same shit that they like aura and fucking Yu Gi Oh already tried to do and genjo being the boy he's like listen i don't give a shit about any of that i quite literally don't give a shit and he says my only grudge that i have against you is that ukatake didn't tell me the truth of everything because of you like that is the only grudge i know and token like wait a second I didn't tell you that yet. I was going to get to that part. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's like, they stole the good part. And he's like, how do you know that? He's like, I literally have surveillance bugs on Aura. I would know if she told you that shit. I would have showed that she was going to betray me. It would have given her away instantly. So he's like, quite literally, how did you know? Like, how did you know? And this is when we find a fucking cool ass moment here. We go back to when Aura first met Yukio, which they talked about in the novel, actually, that she handed Yukio a business card. And on the back was a QR code that was near indistinguishable, like almost white is what they said in the book. And it filled in all the details immediately. That's so, fucking insane. Yeah. And Genjo continues assaulting Tokunata because, you know, he's like, I don't give a fuck about what you're saying. I already know the gist of it, you know. And Tokunata starts gloating some more about his manipulation, about, uh, you know, getting Genjo's friends killed, about how he told Ukitake that he has to do it, all the tragedies that had happened in Genjo's past and even with Ukitake. And he reveals that his family basically... The, his family and the aristocrats, of course, their whole one big gang, are the ones that told Ukitake to do the surveillance inside of the badge. And Ukitake tried to like tell, let, let, let's not do it. We don't need it. We don't have yeah, to. Yeah, he was being a good guy um, about it. He's like, I trust this guy. But eventually, even after trying to argue with the aristocrats, Ukitake made the decision himself to still do it. And that being said, he still believed in Genjo, but he still pr chose to do it. Like mm -hmm. it wasn't like, yeah, we suggested it to him, but Ukitake himself decided to do it. And as to prove Ukitake wrong, basically to be like, hey, you can't trust this guy. And Ukitake says, no, we could trust this guy. Watch, I'll put the bug in it. You guys see that we'll trust some guy. The Sunni Ashiro family hacked the surveillance thing to figure out where exactly Genjo was, showed up, killed all of his friends, and then went back to Ukitake and told, told him that Genjo had gone mad and killed the Soul Reaper, uh, the Soul Reaper messenger that came to see him. And Tokunata says, you know what's even funnier than that? You hate Ukitake, but even after all of that, Ukitake still total faith in you. Total yep. faith in you. And Tokunata's like, you know, I really wish after all that I personally could have taken out Ukitake, but one wrong step in anything I did, Kiraka would have fucked me up. And not even that, had I tried to attack Ukitake, I potentially would face the wrath of the peace of the soul king that was inside of Ukitake, mm -hmm. and I just couldn't risk it. And so he's like, shame, really. Shame. I really wish I could have. <laughs> shame. Wow. I couldn't kill you my, mm -hmm. myself, but you know, yeah. the intention was there. And, you know, like, it's worth noting this whole conversation is happening as well, and Tokunata is still fending off Genjo. 
still absorbing all of the or spiritual pressure and just totally having this whole conversation. Just the whole he's a he multitasking was, master. Wasn't he healing himself as this was ha- going on too? He was still using multiple zombies though. Okay. And he still so he they talk about it in the book. I don't know if I talk about this a little bit later. But the whole time that he's fighting everybody here, it's important to know he is not only using all these Amatos and talking and all this stuff, but he has to keep Kyoko Sugetsu on at all times. Mm-hmm. So it immediately like takes a part of his spiritual pressure away, and he's still fighting all these people. It's crazy. He's nothing if not talented at multitasking. Yeah. Nope. He's like I, really fucking good at it. Is That's just the power of being a hater. <laughs> it really <laughs> the is. The hate is so good. It makes you stronger. Yeah, he just wakes up every morning, drinks a fuck ton of haterade, and just goes into work. Purple flavored. Mm-hmm. I was, I, I'm catching up on Jujutsu Kaisen season two. That what's his name? Toji. That guy's a hater. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. the fucking best. I, love him, <laughs> yeah. I saw a great one. It's like, uh, it was like Toji when he wakes up in the morning, puts on his fucking ballet shoes to go fuck up some teenagers. Yep. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, he's a big hater. He's like, man, I can't wait to fuck up that Gojo. <laughs> yeah. It, wasn't Gojo 7 at that point? When they first yeah, met, when they he, first was met he was a kid. Young. Yeah. He's like, he's, he has beef with a child. Yep. Yep. I mean, the whole and world to- had beef with Gojo, so. To- Tokinata would absolutely have beef with a child. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Push him uh, over. 100%. Like, fuck you. Push, put some sand in his eye. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't steal the baby's candy, but he would, like, Put some salt on it so it would suck to eat. <laughs> like, oh, you thought you liked it? No, nope. Yeah, eat eat a dick. Thank you. Also, here's some turpentine. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole time, right? Like I said, Tokonata is still fighting Genjo, still holding off his attacks. He finally is like, all right, listen, I'm gonna get some space, and then I have the greatest fucking idea, the ten out of ten best idea that I've ever thought of. I'm gonna call Hakone to come kill Aura himself. It's going to be fucking great. Aura's going to be so sad. And he goes to yell for Hakone. But just then, Tokonata is greeted by a fucking gust of wind. As Sasagi is back in the picture, attacks Tokonata, and actually cuts his arm off this time. Fucking finally. Yep. And I was so happy. Of, and Tokonata's like, what the fuck? Like, you're under complete hypnosis. Like, how could you know that? How could you fucking get me like that? And this is where we find out, which is fucking wild. Thanks to Shinji Sakanade, he basically reversed the perception on uh, Sagi just as Kyoko Sugetsu was activating so that he was not actually looking at it and did not see it. So what did he actually see? Was it just the hilt? Basically, so he like reversed the, the, his the front back and back. back. Right, 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 like switched yeah. and then up he and down. He full on swapped back. him. So basically, he can reverse everything, like your front, yeah. back, left, right, whatever. So he swapped uh, Hisagi's perception. So basically, instead of looking forward, he was looking backwards. Yeah, because you have to see the blade, right? Yeah. You have to see it. You yeah, have to yeah. see it. Like, you, it doesn't matter if you hear it. It doesn't matter if you go. You have to see the blade doing the shatter thing. So basically, he just made he made a fucking Hisagi turn around. <laughs> I love how yeah. they describe in the book, and he goes, like, Hisagi is like uh, – his reaction is just I'm so surprised was him being surprised that like whoa everything is fucked up yeah and they talk about actually that Shinji had this plan devised for when they were gonna fight Aizen mm-hmm. originally like this was way back then that was his game plan that was what he was gonna do going into it he was gonna use that exact fucking trick to fuck up Aizen just never never worked just, out yeah. just didn't, didn't find a good time to do it and on without missing a beat, fucking Kiraku's like, I'll take that Zompakto and grabs the Zompakto from the severed hands, like, thank you, and immediately hides it away. Puts it into one of his little games and 
fucks off. And Tokonata so tries cool. to retaliate at this point, like, fuck you guys. Like, and he gets immediately fucking gets Getensho right to the fucking chest yes. by Genjo. And it severely wounds him. And that's the end of chapter 23. Dude, I was cheering when he was getting fucked up. Dude, <laughs> same. I was like smiling. I'm like, yeah. I can't wait for him to well, fucking die. Well, it's crazy die. to think that's, a, that's all one chapter where he not only gets his arm cut off the first time, we find out it's a fake, mm-hmm. and then he gets his arm cut off again for real, all one chapter. Yep. Crazy. That was a long chapter, too. That's only chapter 23. Chapter 24 is a fucking beast and a half. Yeah, that one's way longer. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole kid's book. A whole kid's book. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was reading chapter 24. I, I kept going. I was like, this this has got to be the last one. This has got to because that's long. And they're like wrapping stuff up in it. I'm like, this could be the last one. And I was like, nah, there's more. There's more. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I forgot Kempachi was still there. Yep. Yeah, there were still loose ends to fill out. There was still, but chapter twenty three is a banger of a chapter to get, kick off on, and it quite literally, I mean, it ends the main portion of that fight. Like, like the whole fight was trying to get the sword away from him. Mm-hmm. It's gone. They immediately, Kiraku's hidden it. It's I, gone. I love how Arms he's like, cut off. I'm gonna hide it with my zombie. <laughs> Yoink. <laughs> yep, he did not miss a fucking second. And he was like, "Thank you, got it." Uh, fuck Tokinata. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that, that I missed from the chapter that you guys want to touch on? Uh, if there's, I think I I'm ashamed at how I keep overlooking random Zanpak toe powers as useless, because Tokinata <laughs> is pulling out all kinds of crazy shit, and I'm like, oh but yeah. Like, when you think about it, though, this goes back to Sam's combo attacks. Yeah. If if they just used their combos together, it would have been so much easier. Mm-hmm. Imagine literally anybody attacking someone who is being drained with Yumi Chika's Zanpak toe. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's true. fucking insane. It's very true. And I mean, like, he, I think he even said in one of his spiels when he was using that Zombok toe that, you know, some people see these Zombok toes and they're like, oh, they're not really that good or they're oh, not they're, combat not, base. they're not combat based. But it's like, in the right situation, it's perfect. Yeah. It's fucking perfect. And that's what Tokenata says. And it's like, he's right. He's totally right. That's the problem with that bitch, Tokinata. He is right sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I lost my mind when the business card came back up. Yeah. yeah. I was like, wow, that is fucking smart. Because, like, outside of she drops the name Execution, that doesn't really come back up in Volume 1. So I was, I remember thinking while I was rereading it, this is a weird bit of the chapter. She just shows up, hands him a business card, and then you don't cut back to that. It all comes back together in the third volume. <laughs> Uh, when Shinji did, when we find out what Shinji did to save Shuhei, I was so hyped. I folded the page, keep my place, pulled out my phone, and pulled out pulled out the video of. That's right, he's the goat. Yeah, the goat. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a W for Shinji. You know, he doesn't get it's many. So, it's so good. Yeah, he doesn't get many. He gets a lot in these books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This book does a great job for Shinji. Uh, and everything else is later. So, oh yeah, uh, that that goddamn cloak of Kisuke's keeps showing up. <laughs> oh my god, I totally forgot to mention that Shuhei. What he wrapped Kazushinya in it. Oh yeah, and then yeah. through that, I was like, yep. what a fucking smart thing to do. Yep. I wouldn't have thought of that. That's true. One of the times he attacked, he wrapped it in the cloak. That yep. was great. That was like, wow, <laughs> it got a lot of usage out of that fucking cloak. Yep. Is it just the one cloak, or are there multiple? I assume it's the one. I don't Yoda imagine he's noticed it right away. So she's yeah. like, hmm. Because, like, Kisuke had it, and then Aizen used it, and now Tokinata's got it. I wonder Did if it's, he... like, a like a library card thing. You go and you leave. <laughs> and you're like, hi, I'm here to check out this cloak. Yeah, I got to – I don't know. Maybe it's just, like, a thing that they can make. Pressure. Yeah, maybe. Well, 
yeah, because Gin and uh, Tosin were yeah, yeah, there, right? they yeah, they gotta they gotta I guess make them. I'd like to imagine they walked up to Dumbledore's office and asked if they could borrow the invisibility. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And like they're like, why do you want a token on it? Just want to use it. Yeah, no, no reason. How dare you question a noble like me? Mm-hmm. No, no. He walks in and says nefarious reasons. Dumbledore's like, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, chapter twenty-four. Ready? This is a fucking long ass chapter. Here we go. Oh, this is gonna be good. <laughs> so Tokenata, severely injured by Genja's attack, as we said in the last bit, he is now using his last bit of strength. To not only laugh, but attempt to escape using a special cloth infused with Keto for teleportation. And despite his critical condition, uh, Tokana totally fucking gets out of there. He's like, later, bitches. I'm going to fucking get out of there. Also, fucking just weasel. by the way, I have now teleported up to the upper bit, which is supposed to be the throne room, the future throne room for Hikone, where we found Asagi in. He's like, it is so loaded with weapons and defense systems, this goddamn thing. I'm about to activate them all and just blast you guys. I think they say that there's literally, like, equivalent to nukes that yeah, can shoot down from this thing. a doomsday device. Yes. And you guys are all right underneath me. I'm going to shoot them all the fuck down on you. Best of luck. Goes to activate the weapons, and shocking, none of them are working. He cannot figure <laughs> out what the fuck's happening on. And unbeknownst to him... Kisuke Urahara has been yeah, lurking around the ship, having a great old time, and he has been secretly communicating with Yukio. And he's like, hey, I, you know, just letting you know, I just want to hand it over to all those castle systems. Uh, none of those are going to work. Best of luck. And Hisagi is the first to recognize Urahara's voice. It's like, wait, what? Mr. Like, Urahara? Yeah, he's like, you're supposed to be fucking kidnapped. Like, how are you speaking right now? And this is where we learn, obviously, as a whole gang here, that Yukio and Urahara had been working together all along. And Urahara is like, hey, you know what? I actually feel like I've been meaning to meet you for a while, Tokonata, because I've been destroying every single surveillance bug that you send to my fucking shop. Mm-hmm. And Tokonata's like, bitch. It's <laughs> like, like, I hate yeah, you. Yeah, it doesn't say fucking anything. And Yukio goes on to explain here that the whole fight that we saw of them at the Urahara shop when Urahara was originally kidnapped, they were secretly communicating the whole time. When I read that, I was like, yes, motherfucker, so that's I smart. I guess when Yukio first showed his screen... There was static playing across the whole thing that translated into computer language code, which you convert to Japanese into binary, and it was displayed as static noise pulses on it. And Urahara immediately figured it out, picked up on it, and started communicating back in the same language, but tapping with his staff as they were having a separate conversation that we got in the book. I love how they mentioned. Oh, it had to be different from Morse code because Tokinata might be able to pick that up. I'm yeah. like, what the fuck yeah. was it then? And Yukio himself is like, you know, I was actually quite annoyed that Urahara picked it up right away. It was kind of annoying. <laughs> it's like he just like without missing a fucking beat. And I guess once they finished having their secret conversation, Urahara totally understood the whole plan, agreed to let himself be captured. And that's how that happened in the Urahara shop. And that's how he's not even been secretly. He's not even been captured. He's not been anything. He's, been he's just been free roaming in free this Free roam whatever the fuck he wants. I just picture I, him being like a fucking cat. Just being like, oh, what's this? Hold on. Let yeah, me and I gotta over. imagine he's probably also wearing a cloak. He's probably yeah. also wearing a cloak <laughs> fucking around the goddamn castle somewhere. And they are just full on. Like, Tokonata is in the engine room of the castle. And screaming at Urahara, who's just communicating through, like, a communication system that was built in. And Urahara is like, you know, your philosophy as a whole, Tokonata, kind of sucks. Uh, you know, sacrificing souls with a will, like Hakone, not cool, man. Not even if it's to like maintain the world, 
It's just not quite right. And it's not even that good of a solution. And this is where he mentions that even himself isn't really okay with the solution that came, they came with of Yuha Baha from mm-hmm. Soul King. He's like, even that personally doesn't sit right with me. And Tokana's like, well, you're a fucking hypocrite. A huge hypocrite. He's like, I know you harbor the same exact ambitions as me because you made the Hogyoku. And why else would you make the Hogyoku other than have similar like creations that I have done that I've made with Akone. Nora was like, no, it's like you simply misunderstood that because you lack uh, insight into what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I would never try to fucking do that shit. And Urahara is like, listen, honestly, regardless of Akone's outcome against Rocky, the castle's totally useless, overrode the system, get fucked. And Tokonata does not let that phase him. He's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you did fuck me over there. And he's like, that's okay. I, and he pulls out a different colored Tenkai Ketchu, which is the teleportation little things that they've been using. And he decides to use a fucking Keto on the floor of the room, causing the whole goddamn castle to start to descend. But yeah, he decides, to, I'm just going to fucking seppuku. Straight the whole castle, send the whole fucking castle down. And it starts to fall towards what is going to actually be Karakura Town. He's going to send the whole Oblivion not towards the people down below. He's going to teleport that shit right above Karakura Town, drop that shit right on them because, honestly, they said that the Soul Reapers could probably run away fast enough. It's not that big of a deal. Yep. But the people in Karakura Town, they're not expecting this. They're not expecting thing. it, one, and they're still locked yep. up. They are in a cage that Aura fucking made. So the castle begins descending here. Nurar's voice is now coming out of the speakers to everybody else, and it's like, so, Tokonata sending the castle down to Karakura Town, not great. And that's when everyone's like, well, fuck. This is this is horrible. This is a bad time. And Genjo starts to observe the surrounding Reishi, and it basically confirms he's still there. He activated the ten- Tenkai Ketchu to teleport the structure to Karakura Town. So he's like, he's definitely going to send it to Karakura Town. I can sense it. I see the surrounding Reishi. It's about to go fucking bullshit into Karakura Town. And Tokonata starts speaking through the speakers himself now. Everybody's taking a turn on the goddamn speakers. And he's like, okay. You guys fucked me. You you defeated me. I admit you got me good there. But he's like, best of luck stopping this castle from dropping on a car car town. And Kirok is like, well, this is not fucking good. I don't know what we're going to do. And that's when they notice that a fragment of the castle is already detached from the surrounding explosions and is now plumbing straight down towards everybody. And so everyone is injured from the fight with Tokonata. Everybody's fucked up. They're trying to figure out we're now about to one get squished. If we don't stop that one, it, the other part of the whole castle is going towards Karakura Town. And it's this moment that Aura starts to severely deplete herself of spiritual pressure and uses her remaining strength to basically slow the fall of this piece. Because if you remember, Aura can fucking manipulate yeah. goddamn everything. Literally everything. So she starts using her last bit of spiritual pressure to slow the fall of this fragment. And she is, like, starting to waver. She's, like, she's going down. And Hisagi's like, okay, listen, Aura, you and I, no longer enemies. I get it. But why are you sacrificing yourself? Like, you got to stop. Like, it's we can figure out a way, like, you know, we'll send up Kenpachi to cut it in half or something. We'll do something. And Aura's like, I am acting on my own volition. I'm not doing this just for Hakone. This isn't some stupid-ass act. I want to do this. And Tokonata chimes in over the speakers. He says, Hakone, kill Aura. What a fucking asshole. Yeah. And in response, it says Hakone so swiftly appears behind Aura that nobody had the chance to fucking react. It was so quick. There was no response from Hakone. He just fucking did it. And there was only one person that was ready to guard Aura. And it was none other than Hisagi, who stepped in between Hakone and Aura. And he's like, you got to stop, man. <laughs> it's like, please. And Hakone is full on like, 
Mr. Asagi, can you please move? Can you step I, aside yeah. while I murder I, like, this I lady? I gotta kill Aura. Like, sorry. And that's when Kenpachi catches up and he's like, hey, I didn't think we were done. He's like totally ready to fight Hakone again. And they begin to clash. And everybody's like, this is not good. This is not yeah. fucking good. It's like, now they're fighting right next to all of us. This is fucked up. And Hakone is fully fighting Kimpachi, and they notice that he's still continuing to increase in power with his spiritual pressure. They know is reaching overwhelming levels. Hakone is like, all right, listen, we're going to fight. I get it. It makes sense now. I have to kill Kimpachi before I can do anything else. Hokunata wants me to do. I have to kill Kimpachi. And that's when suddenly someone else appears in between Hakone and Kimpachi. And it's goddamn Hasagi again. That's a death wish right there, man. Goddamn Hasagi again. Everybody's surprised. Everybody's like, what the fuck is he doing? You can't step in between Kampachi and his prey. Like, you just cannot. And Sagi's like, let me take him. Let me take Hakone. And obviously, Kampachi's not thrilled with the idea. He's like, not a chance in hell. But then Hasagi comes up with a perfect answer and says that Hakone is too weak for someone with the title of Kampachi. Mm-hmm. Someone with that title shouldn't be basically batting down. You know, you should be fighting strong opponents. And Kimpachi full on stops and reconsiders his whole fucking stance on the fight purely because he brought up the title Kimpachi and then like flick the switch. He's no longer Zoraki. He is Kimpachi. He totally gets what he's saying. And he begins even like murmuring to himself, like reflecting on this whole title of Kimpachi mm-hmm. and like speaking with, Yachiru. When he mentioned yes. it, I was like, <gasps> yes, she's still alive. And in they're there. talking back and forth. He's like, mm, that makes sense. He's that like, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, 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 totally. That makes sense. And he accepts Hasagi's request. Like, you know what? Because you brought up the title of Kenpachi, and he even thinks, you know, of the past holders of the title. He's mm-hmm. like, you're right. You're totally right. He's like, I will give this to you, but I expect a worthy fight. Otherwise, I will fuck you up. And Hasagi's like, done. Like, deal. <laughs> deal. deal. <laughs> like, it sounds perfect. Which press Kenpachi over here. Fucking so cool. So, so, so cool because I was – so we obviously – we just saw the part in Thousand Year Blood War where he defeated Grimmy in the anime, right? Yep. And in that, that whole thing where, um, you know, Unahana, Yachiru, whatever you want to call her, she was like basically unlocking the limiters on Kenpachi that he himself had put there. And part of the limiters was like, dude, you restrict yourself. You play, you play with your food too much, mm-hmm. like all this shit. And he's doing it again. I'm like, dude, like what happened? Well, he took two steps back. And even when he showed up, he had the eye patch on again. Remember? Yeah, he I'm did. Like, dude, what happened? And I like this explanation of like, he basically has two mindsets in him now. He has this Rocky mindset, which is like this classic. He's probably got the bells on. He's got the eye patch. He's ready to fuck around and have a good time. Because even with Hakone, he was still letting Hakone hit him. And it's like, that's, fuck, that's the whole like fucking Unohana died until you stop doing that shit. Like, fuck him up. But then the moment the Kenpachi word gets put up, he's like, boom, different like, guy. You're right. He's like, I cannot be fucking around. He's like, I am the Kenpachi. You're right. I, I, I totally get it. Like, as the Kenpachi, done. I'm like, that's cool. That's really he's cool. He's such a badass. Mm-hmm. It's such a genius argument, too. Yeah. I never <laughs> thought of it. Never in my, a million years would I have thought it's to bring up the title. so good. And, like, I feel like that kind of knocks some sense in him, too. He's like, you're right, I am Kenpachi. I shouldn't be fucking around with this little kid. But he just, like, I feel like... Zaraki is like a dog who just got really excited. Like he saw like this really strong person and went back to his OG form. He's like, no, wait, that's right. That's right. I'm trained now. He's like, I'm, I'm trained. I'm chilling. You're, right. You're, right. You're right. And no matter all the mentions later on in this novel of fear, you cannot, you can't weigh the nuts on Hisagi for stepping in between Kim. <laughs> that's so player. true. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, uh, said by both, uh, Yumichika and, uh, 
Ikaku, they're both just like, God damn, this man's got balls. Or he's stupid. They were, they were freaking out. They were like, well, he's dead. For sure, he's dead. Because <laughs> well, they know yeah. what's going to happen. They're like, shit. Yeah. yeah. And I think they were both like, he let it, He let the fight go? What? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were so. They were the only ones that I think uh, let out a, like a, a loud yell. Yep. Everybody else was like, eh. Okay, like, well, wow, he's gone. he did it. So Hasagi here is totally getting ready to face Hakone alone. And I wrote a quote from the book, which I thought found greatly amusing. And I said, though several of them considered whether they should lend him a hand based on the exchange that had just occurred. It seemed Hasagi wanted to make this a one-on-one fight. There weren't many who could take on that thing that was in the form of a soul reaper. Ichigo Kurosaki and Kipachi Zoraki could have, as well as Sosuke Aizen, if you actually wanted to win. Kisuke Urahara and Mira Kuratsuchi might have been able to match up to Hakone as well if it wasn't a match of physical strength. But this was no opponent that an assistant captain level Soul Reaper could face. So setting him up for failure at the start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Which has been this novel's whole thing. It's like, Hasagi does something. Let's just remind you guys, he doesn't have the strength like Kenpachi. He's he not as yeah, cool. Yeah, and it's like, but he's the guy. He's Hasagi. He's now, the normal person that can yeah. do the thing. Now we go back to the training flashback, which we've seen multiple times with Kensei and Hasagi doing their thing. And Kensei, they're done. They're done training. Kensei's thinking about how Hasagi and this whole training never achieved it, even though they were full on practically trying to kill him. And it just didn't work. It just would not work. But the one thing that Kensei took away from it is that he did have incredible tenacity. And even in the extreme situations, in all of his fights, the battle against the Quincy's, he nearly died. Asagi still couldn't unlock Bankai. When he fought everybody else in the Iraq arc, he still couldn't unlock Bankai. And Kensei speculates that Hisagi's unique like ability to survive, basically, might be the key to his Bankai. Now we go back to the present, and we see that Hisagi was fucking severely wounded, far from perfect condition to be starting this fight. And he is confronting Hakone not just to kill him, but to stop him. He's trying to poke and prod at the fact that Tokonata is not here anymore. He's like, yeah, hey. trying to get him to think on his own. Yeah, he's like, on their own. He's like, your boy Tokonata, he's not here. Call for him. Like, he ditched you. He fucking bailed. And Hisagi's like, listen, when we first met, when you were crying about not being strong enough for Tokonata, that's when I thought you were the strongest. Like, I feel like you were stronger at that point. Hisagi taps to rip up, wrap up Hakone in his chains, but of course that's not going to fucking work. And Hakone straight up breaks free from Kazushini's chains and immediately cuts Hisagi in half. Just like immediately. They have that one exchange, cuts him in half. And Hisagi, reminds me of Hiori. Yeah. Hisagi critically wounded. He all of a sudden finds himself in a surreal world, and it's the reflection of cycle, you know, the cycle of life and death. And you know, we've been here before where he finds himself with Kazushini, of course, his Zanfakto spirit. And Kazushini is like, you know, the form that I take is really a reflection of your inner nature and desires. And Hisagi, without knowing it, this discussion with Hakone about what's right and Tokonata and the cycle of life and death is actually finally taken Hisagi to accept himself, including all of his fears, his desires, his willingness to risk his life. That finally led him to accept not only himself, but Kazushini. Kazushini explains, listen, I'm not just a tool for reaping life. But I represent the entirety of you, of you, Hasagi, including your fears and your essence of life. Hasagi's like, okay, totally get it. Totally understand. I now offer you my blood and life. And he's like, not in the literal sense of dying, but like a commitment, you know, to help out and fully embrace my role as a soul reaper, which encompasses both life and death. Mm-hmm. 
And then, of course, we go back to the present out of this weird world. And Asagi is just fucking just cut in half. Cut in goddamn half. And Ikaku and Yumichika are like, yeah, we knew that was going to happen. That seems about right. But it's Kenpachi and Kiraku who both notice that it's not exactly over. Yeah. They sense something different coming from Hasagi. And all of a sudden, Hasagi reappears totally unscathed. He has the original wounds that he had before he started this fight. But that cut in half, he's fine. Back. Totally back. And Kone's like, what the fuck? And he's now being attacked by Hasagi. Or he, he attacks Hasagi. But after every attack where he has, you know slices Hasagi, cuts him in half, dismembers him, kills, hits him with a sarrow, his body and clothing regenerate every single time. Right back to the part he was when they started the fight. And Hakone is confused. Everybody watching is confused. The observing Quincy's confused. They tell Nanana, like, figure it out. What the fuck's like, going like, on? Look yeah. at that shit. What, like, what's happening? And not, uh, Nanana is like, there is something strange about Hasagi's spiritual pressure. Even Grimjo and Halibol notice some weird alteration in the spiritual pressure of the area. Mm-hmm. And Hakone is so fucking baffled. He's like, I don't understand. He's like, I just keep attacking. You're fine. So he gets closer. He's like, I'm going to look at you with Sabs. I'm going to figure this shit out. And he sees that he, there's a mysterious black chain that keeps reconnecting all of Asagi's severed body parts. Hikone, we go back in time a little bit here. Hikone's thinking of Tokonata's training. And Tokonata had ingrained every single Zanpakuto ability into Hikone. He's like, these are the abilities. Learn them. Like, yep. know these powers. And Hikone's like, I've learned all those. There's not a power like this. This power doesn't exist. It, but he does think every Zanpakuto does have a weakness. Every single one. So if he could just find out his weakness, there's no way he could be immortal. There's no Smart. fucking way. And so Hikone's still attacking. He just cannot figure it out. He's like, what the fuck is happening? Asagi finally is like, okay, you want me to show you? I'll show you. And he starts to think back on Aura's request that he spoke that the, the words that we didn't get to hear in the last part that we talked about where Aura talked to Sagi in the castle. She said to pray for Hakone's world as a soul reaper. And that's what we find out was some sort of code that was said to Hasagi, which basically was like, please save Hakone. Yeah, that was the, that was the thing he's trying to get. And that's when Hasagi unleashes both ends of Kazushine and they spiral over his head into a black maelstrom. And Shuhei finally says the words we've all been fucking waiting for and says Bankai. And it transforms the atmosphere dramatically. And he uses Bankai which was Kazeshini Kojo, or I've seen it uh, said Fushino Kojo as well. Mm -hmm. And it creates a black sphere in the sky, basically resembling a dark sun or moon and countless black chains stretch down to the ground. And these chains come from the sphere. They connect to Sagi and they anchor him to the ground. And Hikone is like, all right, I see. I see this. I totally get it. Keeps attacking. He's like, I'm just going to keep fucking going. Fuck this shit. I'm going to keep attacking. And each time that he attacks, not only do the wounds immediately heal as if they never fucking happen, but he kind of keeps getting chains wrapped around him. And he's trying his best to figure out still the fuck is happening. Like, I don't get it. And Urahara is watching this. And he's like, man, that's a dangerous bonkai. I love like, how he goes, ooh, that's a nasty yeah, one. Yeah, that's, that's a real nasty one down there. And we go to Nanao and Kiraku who are also witnessing the whole thing. And they begin discussing the nature of Hasagi's Zanpakuto. And Kiraku starts going into now, like, listen, dual wielding Zanpakuto's is basically, I think, for all intents and purposes, he explains here, it's not real. It's not, yeah, it's not a real it's... thing. You don't dual wield Zanpakuto's because the two that we know about are his and Ukatakis, of course, mm-hmm. and his, we know, is the, you know, the Nanao family sword that he uses. And he says that the only reason Ukatake has two is because of the Soul King piece inside of him. Mm-hmm. So he says he's always thought that Asagi, the fact that he has two, is not right. There's something around it that we don't 
understand and he has now finally seen the bankai he gets it that it's the, actually the chain that yep. is sasagi zanpakuto not the sickles on the end of it you know that's just like a thing it's the chain it makes so much sense though because all of his attacks and everything are all used by the change they're all ranged attack yep. you can wrap them around everything yeah and you think like even like in someone like Ichigo's right where he's got dual wielding, but that's because it's you know it's his. There's two of him. Yeah, it's his yeah. <laughs> hollow and his you know or it's his soul reaper and his Quincy powers. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason. So what Kiraku is saying is totally correct. Where it's like there's not a natural like dual wielding Zanpakuto. It just doesn't exist. See, for the longest time, I was like, well, then how does Kiraku always have two? It never made sense to my brain. Yep. I have to correct you on that. There is one other person that has two Zanpakuto. <laughs> Is it the legend? It's the legend, Phil Erman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys fucked with me. I was like, dude, I was like, who? I thought maybe you guys were going to say, like, oh, the fucking second Bleach movie, there's two fucking Toshiro Zanbakta. I was like, oh, it's oh no, it's no, that's the, the, the twin blades. Yeah. That's not canon. Oh, it's legendary bowl cut Shinigami, Phil Erman, who got <laughs> killed by Muramasa. <laughs> he was like, killed because he was going to resurrect the bounce. <laughs> yeah, it would have been too strong. It had to be done. By the way, for all those listening at home, that's some fucking deep weep skilled lore. That's <laughs> yeah. so deep. You have to go back into the early days. That's when we were uh, watching, like the like what? Zonpakuto Rebellion arc. Is that was that? Yeah. Does also that wasn't even in the episode. That was a dumb fucking comment I left. That was like nine paragraphs <laughs> yeah. long. Yeah, so not only do you need to find the episode, but you have to go into the comments and find Pythes. You'll find it. It was just Pythes that commented mm-hmm. that day. It's me, sometimes Ratsum, and sometimes Marcel. Yeah. So, yep, the trio, the perfect type. Uh, okay, yeah, I thought you were going to pull out some guy that actually had doubles. Like, man, I don't fucking know. Yeah, I, was no. like, I was like, correct me away. I'm when no he said that, idea. I was like, my my mind went through every single character that has uh, double swords. I was like, no, that ain't right. How dare you? not consider phil Erman to be real <laughs> yeah my bad uh, my bad okay you may continue after that <laughs> egregious error <laughs> so we'll bu- go back to the fight hakone is now finally noticed that there's a giant black black sphere in the sky and it is connected not only to Sagi now but also to hakone by chains at their neck and hakone is like Attacking, attacking, and he's finally realizing this is just futile. There's just like nothing happening here. I cannot figure it out. Hisagi keeps instantly regenerating. Hakone even tries to destroy the black sphere with like a Saro. It immediately reforms as well, mm-hmm. just straight back. And Hisagi at this point explains that not only does his Bankai not make him immortal, it just prevents death. It's different. It's not the same thing. And it creates a state where life and death are then stagnant. They don't do anything. And he's like, this power is a reflection of Asagi's fear of dying and killing. The Bankai essentially halts the cycle of life, binding everything in the chain and forbidding both life and death. And Hakone's like, okay, so let me take a look here. I have the chain. You have the chain. Hakone tries to actually attack his own body. He's like, mm-hmm. do I have it? And he realizes that he too has the same temporary immortality that Asagi has. And Asagi's like, well... The state isn't permanent. If Asagi, or if Hakone continues to attack us, I continue to attack you, we're both going to eventually die as our spiritual pressure gets drained and shared by this Bankai. And this is when Hakone's like, okay, so this is fucked up one. But he also realizes that this bon- this Bankai is a Bankai that is not meant to be used in like a 1v1 situation. It needs to have allies nearby because yep. best case scenario, it's just going to be a draw. 
They're both going to be weakened. Hisagi's going to release it, and then the allies can just jump, jump him. Just immediately hop in and fucking beat his ass. And he's like, that's not good. That is really not fucking good. And he does note, though, that he's noticed Hisagi's Bankai has not healed any of his previous wounds. It just returns stuff to the state of activation. So anything that was there before the Bankai activation is still there. Hakone's like, okay, I can't figure out how to beat you. Can't figure out the weakness. Don't get it. But there is one thing that I could do. I could torture you. I could torture you and inflict so much pain that you will have to release it. And Hisagi's like, go for it. Like, send it. Totally, totally send it. And Hisagi starts taking hit after hit after hit without fighting back. And it says the one saving grace is that Hakone had no fucking idea how to torture somebody. Just zero. (laughs) He's normally taking orders from Tokunata. He just kills him. He just, like, moves on with his day. He's so strong. He beats everybody's asses. Where the torturing part, that was done by Tokunata. Mm-hmm. He has no fucking idea how to do any of that. So he just keeps attacking like normal and continues to kill Isagi. But he regenerates every time. Isagi still doesn't resist. Still doesn't use the chains to mobilize Hakone. Does not do fucking anything. And Hakone is, like, so confused and now in distress over all the shit happening that he is just starting to have a meltdown. Just, I'd be upset, too. Yeah. Just a full-on meltdown and this is when Hisagi's like this is my opportunity to start preaching at him this is the perfect opportunity to preach at this boy and he starts pointing out you know like what's the matter like you're starting to realize that hurting someone who's not resisting is wrong and Hikone is like no like it can't be wrong I've always followed Tokunaga's orders it's fine but now he's beginning to face a moral dilemma and Hisagi's like think for yourself don't just follow orders. Tokonata's not even fucking here. He's like, call Tokonata. Call him. And Hakone does. He yeah. attempts to call to Tokonata. No response. And he begins to feel abandoned. And so he's like, listen, I'll train you. Like, start thinking on your own. Start learning your own things. Think with your head. And he's telling him, like, giving him advice, demonstrating his combat experience and like he's dodging Hakone where it says even despite Hakone's superior strength Hasagi has so much more experience and the nature of the Bankai than allows him to not only guide but to educate Hakone at the same time and it says that everybody watching the situation from the outside they say it quite literally is resembling like a seasoned soul reaper training a novice one yeah like guiding them in the ways of how this should be and Hasagi and still enduring repeated fucking deaths but is slowly instilling in Hakone the importance of fear and the necessity of kindness in a harsh world. And in the end, Hakone totally drained of spiritual pressure, collapses, which mirrors Hasagi's nearly completed depleted state. And Hasagi is standing through sheer willpower. Sheer willpower. He's like fucking a white beard. All right, just standing up. White and beard and rockly man. He tells Hakone about you know. Um, the importance of kindness still about kindness to others and kind of uh, repeating the teachings of Kaname Tozen and Hisagi is about ready to release his Bankai but quickly turns to Kiraku is like can you please not kill him when I release the Bankai like please Kiraku's like fine I won't kill the sure. fucking kid it's fine so he releases the Bankai and the moment he releases the Bankai who else but fucking Iko Mikodomoe? I was like, like, what the fuck, man? Reappears from who knows where the fuck he's been. And he's like, Hakone is weak enough. I've been slowly absorbing shit from him the whole time. I was going to get all of the pieces that he had inside of him. But I, I mean, it was close enough. I, I, he's like, I have enough right now. Jumps out to attack Hakone. Just full on take his ass out. And Aura jumps in between them, saves Hakone, gets like fucking bit and thrown to the it's side. Like a chunk of her missing. Yeah. And Ikimikodoma is like, all right, you know what? Didn't work out the way I wanted to, but hey, I'm right there, baby. Like, that's as good as I was going to get it. And he starts to grow in both size and power. 
when all of a sudden someone else appears behind him with a sword bigger than himself. And Ikemikadome is so proud of this accomplishment. He's about to announce the return of his actual name as he is sliced in half by Kenpachi. And Kenpachi lands down and says, well, your true name may as well have been Wimp. Yes. As Ikemikadome just evaporates. Yes. I wrote, I, wrote, down. I, I wrote it down too. I was like, my guy. Yeah. Well, I was read that. I was like, that makes so much sense. Cause I was asking you Pythes, like lay it on me. Does he actually say his real name? Yeah. Like, remember lay, how, we were so lay, curious. Lay it on me. I want to know, like, does he have an actual name? What's his deal? And no answer. And it's like, now I know. You know what's really cool <laughs> though? After we got that whole bit where he's like, oh, well, Ikumiko Domoe's name got removed. Someone in the comment section went back and was like, hey, I'm pretty sure it just says Ikumiko Domoe in Japanese. Uh, you couldn't actually read his real name. And I, I'm like, without giving it away, they were so cool about it. I was like, I like that. That's I like awesome. that very much. Thank I you. I also read that. I, I hit a like on that comment. Same. Yeah, so Kapashi coming in clutch. Thanks to whoever wrote that. <laughs> so at this point, we cut now to all the shit that's going on around. There's still buildings falling. There's still a chunk they're trying to slow down. It's a whole goddamn thing. And Urahara now opens a massive garganta. And Aura's like, I get what you're trying to do. Totally get it. And the Arankars aren't really pleased about this plan that's about to be happening. I but they're Nelza like, okay, quote. I guess we'll go ahead and figure it out. And so Aura immediately is like transforms into mist. I'll take care of it. She goes up and guides the castle now in not from falling into Karakura town, but now into falling into Weko Mundo. Slide into that Garganta. Yes. And Hikone is still totally weak, totally confused. And he is like upset that he could not fill Tokenai's orders. That's the thing they've taken away from this. And he begins to question why Aura would save him. Why mm-hmm. would Aura would save him from Ikimikadome? And Hisagi being I didn't really like this part. Kind of being a slimy little motherfucker. He's just kind of dodging the question. Like, oh, I don't know why Aura would do such a thing. Does she need a reason to do such a thing? And uh, Hakone is like full on in introspection mode. Like, why? Like, why would she do that? And wonders if they will ever be good enough to legitimately call Aura mother. And Hisagi is like, well, the reasons or the rights don't matter um, when love between a mother and a child is involved. Now, that is the last bit of that scene there as we cut over to Tokonata. Do we want to stop for a second and talk about that final interaction there? Yeah, let, let's stop for a little bit. One of the coolest parts was when Kazushina starts to talk about like the other uh, like Zanpakuto spirits, like he talks about uh, Nozarashi, and then he talks about White. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yep. how the fuck do you know them? Yep. Like, yep. do you guys all hang out in like a spirit world? I I wrote down that exact same thing, Jose. I was, <laughs> I, I'm happy that it happened, but I'm just like, how? Well, I like that uh, when he brought up White Hasagi. Like, I think there was a narrator moment where it's like Hasagi obviously didn't know who the fuck White was. Yeah, had no idea who the no fuck White who was. That is. Like, yeah, they were brought it up. He doesn't know who White is. Just no. disregards yep. that bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I would have to be like, sure. Yeah, he dude. just moves on. He's like, oh, White must be someone cool. Like, don't worry about <laughs> it. But yeah, a full-on the narrator moment is like, Hasagi did not know White. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Got it. Thank you. Um, This is kind of the end of the, the you know, without, well, fuck it. We've got like three chapters left. Or not three chapters, but three paragraphs left until you find this out. But this is the end of the confrontation in the uh, Kogyoku, wherever the fuck we are. This is pretty much it. Um. I really, as a whole, loved the Tokonata fight. 
Same. I yeah, it was fantastic. Loved this gangbang of a fight on Tokonata. The Hakone bit didn't like. Um, I th- I would not say I actively hated it, but I I feel like I wanted the big ending to be that Tokonata bit. So maybe if they rearranged it and went from there, um, I liked Tokonata calling in Hakone to come kill Aura. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they could have really have changed that because then that means. You know, Hakone's in the mix now immediately the moment he calls that down. And I would never want to change that scene because I thought that was fucking funny. Um, but I just kind of like the Tokonata part so much. And the Hakone part was a little too preachy for me. I will. Yeah, I, I can see that. I will say I describe uh, Shuhei's Bankai, which I like, and it's super metal. It is the perfect excuse for talk no jutsu. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It, True. It is, it is the conversation Bankai. Which True. I like, I like it a lot, and it looks like, especially the art of it in Brave Souls is so good. Yeah, I was like, oh, it was slightly anticlimactic after the big, the you have the, the team fight. Com- yeah, you have the team combo on Iko Miki Domoe. You have Hikone versus Zoraki, and then you have the big team fight where they're doing all kinds of crazy tricks, and then they just have a conversation, and it's a good conversation, but you're like, ah, it kind of brings down the mood. But that's yeah. traditional bleach, though. But I feel yeah. I I feel like they should have rearranged it because I think like with Tokonata, you know, this whole story we've been getting what's up like what Pythes has said. That bitch Tokonata has been the fucking tagline of this whole goddamn mm-hmm. book. All he's all of them. Oh, yes, yeah, all cover. all of them has been the tagline, and it's just like they finished with Hakone, and I'm like. Ah, I wish they would have done the Tokonata a little bit. And even with like the classic kind of him shooting the castle down, I feel like that's a classic part to end. But then they have a full on fight right after that with a kind of, well, air quote fights, talk no jutsu fight. Um, yeah, I just felt like it, the vibe kind of went off at that point. I liked seeing it. I had wanted to see it for so long. Bankai Shuhei is a, one of the few BBS characters that I just don't fucking have. And I can't, I cannot get it. And even when I've seen his Bankai, I did not understand what the fuck it did. Um, I still, they had no fucking idea that it was this. Um, yeah, I mean, sure, I guess. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. But even like, I think they talk about it a little bit later. Even Hisagi's like, I don't even know when I'd really use that Bankai, you know, like there's not, it's kind of a hard Bankai to find a time to use it. But, um, but it's Shinji, strong. You get Shinji going better than mine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it It's real strong, but like, it's tough. It's tough. And I feel like in a real fight, you know, you could still potentially get fucked over. Like even um, coming up later, Kimpachi says that he wants to give it a shot. He wants to try and go against it and see if he can figure it out. Um, So I think there's ways to fuck around and find out. Like, what do you do if you just decide not to fight? You know, just sit there, hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Is it it interesting to think about? So now that we know what Kazushini was talking about, how do you guys feel about the title of the of the books? Um, <laughs> it makes it makes sense. Can't fear your own world, Shuhei. True, true. That it, genuinely makes sense. They were they were screaming at you the whole time you were looking at it. <laughs> yep, yep. And then I like that they specifically also said that. Um, Hisagi before he even realized it accepted himself like he was just not thinking about it and just like through the actions and the motives of what he was doing he like back ass word fell into it he's like oh okay cool yeah you're right I do he's accept like, myself oh, you're Thank right. you. I do like me yeah 
So I don't know if you two have either watched the anime or played the game, but the whole conversation with Kazushini was some Persona 4 shit. Nah, some nah, I, I haven't some, played Persona. Someone that has played Persona is getting it. <laughs> I am a shadow. <laughs> the true self. Reach out to the truth. That's that's lit. I feel like he played Persona 4 right before he wrote this. <laughs> nice. He's like, you know what? I could implement this here. Also, when Tokinata was teleporting away, did you guys catch where we had seen the cloth from? No. No. I, I know it's familiar, but I don't know exactly where I saw it. So once Aizen is revealed as the bad guy in Soul Society, Rukia or Rinji has Rukia in his arms and he's running away and Tosin appears in front of them, pulls out a weird cloth and spins it, and then they are back on top of Sokyo Kugel. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They said okay. that in the novel yeah, actually. Yeah, I totally remember. They did that. say that. But I was losing my shit. Like they brought that back up. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. a reach. Mm-hmm. It's a fr- also, did anybody cheer when Kisuke's voice just started coming out the speakers? Yeah, because yeah, I just picture his really? his uh you, how they always do it in the anime where it's like a giant little yeah the little bubble, bubble and the, and then yeah. it's him in there. Yeah, I just my favorite part was the exp- explanation of how they spoke. I was like, that is cool. Mm-hmm. That is really fucking cool. Also, I love that this proved Toki not a right. Because he was like, gotta get rid of Kisuke. If Kisuke's out, I'm fucked. And then yep, as soon yeah. as he's like, I'm I'm gonna shoot all of you, Kisuke's like, nah. I fucked everything <laughs> up. Yeah, it's like, you're not gonna do that. Sorry, bud. He's like, you left me alone in your castle for, castle for quite some time, man. I just do my thing. Also, we I, we missed two of them, so I'll go back. Uh, fuck that bitch, Tokinata number 17. Uh, he can't accept his, me- his loss like a man. He has to try and drop shit on Karakura Town. <laughs> yep. yeah it's like, if i can't kill you well then i'll fucking kill these plebs that that's the ultimate of like a little kid going eh, you didn't win you didn't win <laughs> and uh fuck that bitch tokinata 18 having such a good kid as hakone kill aura is beyond cruel great get back, i thought it was though. a pretty great funny thing back. i i was I read it and immediately I'm like, oh, Sam's going to love that. <laughs> yeah, it was great, dude. It was really great. I was getting fucking steamed reading that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I loved bastard. it. And then I just wrote, of course, Kenpachi could one hit KO Iko Miki Domeway. Of course he could. Yeah, it, it was like his thing was being a big target. Who better? Like Exactly. They're like meteor Which size. I feel like you could argue as well because you remember like Ikimikadome and Hakone did their thing almost at the same time. Kenpachi immediately went to Hakone. He was like, I'm going to fight Hakone. So I feel like Kenpachi probably saw Ikimikadome. He's like, too easy. No, thank you. And just fucked off. He's like, next. Mm-hmm. Also, I he used his Zanpak toe for that, right? I'm pretty sure yes, he, he did. Yeah. He, yep. he, yep. She kited it. So yep. we got to see Nozirashi a little bit. Yep. Which I guess justifies his Brave Souls unit. <laughs> yeah. You got to do anything to get that in there. Oh, yeah. Do we want to cut to the the fate of Tokunata Suniyashiro? Yes. I have I have, I have, have a debate that we, we might have to have on that. Okay. So I'm really right. excited. Here we go. Tokunata, not only did he retreat, but he treated back to the Suniyashiro family household inside a soul society. Fucking weasel. And he plans to completely hide and recover on his own. And he enters the head of the family's chamber, but he immediately senses something wrong with the air. There's something going on here. There's someone in the room. And he calls out, like, who's there? Like, who is it? And in his mind, he's expecting it's either Soifan, Byakia, one of them two, you know, would be staying back to come and get him. 
but actually it is Mayuri, which is probably yeah. the worst captain you can find hiding in your room. The God, fucking worst. Could you imagine? And Mayuri is just like, oh, don't mind me. I'm just here to look at the data that you guys got. I'm just going through your stuff. I, it's all good. You can do what you want to do, Tokonata. And Tokonata is like, Wait a second, like with the data on like Hakone and Mayuri's like, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's pretty interesting yeah. stuff, you know? And so it was like, what if like you and I get together? Like, what if we get together? Friends. We can redo the whole thing. Like, you can make a better version. Um, and Mayuri is just so uninterested in his ambitions, just not really a fan. And Tokonata like, starts to compare him to Uruhara, like starting yep. to provoke him, do the classic Tokonata thing. And Mayuri's like, listen, if had you just come to me about creating a new Soul King, I would have done it easy. I could have easily <laughs> have done it. But the biggest hurdle in your plan, Tokonata, is Tokonata. And because of that, I would have taken you out anyways. And <laughs> Tokonata's like, fuck you, you piece of shit. And as they converse, a unexpected assassin appears behind Tokonata and stabs him in the fucking back. And Tokonata, even to this point, is like, all right, who is it? Is it the one that I hired? Is it like, and it's just a random young girl, young girl. assassin. Mm-hmm. And he, she stabs him in the back, not once, but multiple times. She goes fucking murder. Yes. And Tokonata goes to look like, let me see who this is. Let me see who is stabbing me here. And he's like, I have no idea who the fuck you are. No <laughs> idea. And she says like, you know, you killed my family. Like you set up my family. You got them killed. And Tokonata's like, I don't know who the fuck you are. Like you're a nobody. And Tokonata full on accepts. I'm going to die. Like yeah, I've like straight up. He won when he sent Smigiri. He's like, I will not win against the captain right now. Like mm-hmm. in my state, I'm fucked. And two, when he got stabbed, he's like, I'm going to die like this. I'm going to fucking die. And so he realizes that his death is coming. It's impending. And he chooses not to go after the assassin. He's like, I could still take out that bitch. Instead, he laughs maniacally, he crawls into the throne, laughs, accepts his fate. And he begins to relish in the fact that, that he died to someone he considers insignificant. He loves He thought that. it was ironic. And he decides in his final moments to yell, just taunting the people who aren't there, begins taunting Kiraku about the fact that he didn't get to thwart him. It wasn't him. He decides to go after Kakio. Like, even your fucking stupid-ass vision could not stop me. I, I still was an asshole to the end and even Tozen and he's so happy that he basically was able to elude their justice is what he says. I died to nobody. I eluded your guys' justice to the very end and he dies without ever expressing any remorse, not a single bit of remorse for anything he's done. And he remains a spiteful bitch to the very end, to the very end. And Miri is there the whole time, totally watching, totally indifferent, um, leaves the scene. Starts reading a book at some point. Yep. Leaves the scene, doesn't intervene. Um, he does reflect a little bit like how interesting that such a small act brought an end to Tokonata's life. And the young assassin, they say that she actually stays in the room for a while, like trying to recover about what's happened. And she eventually flees as well and leaves Tokonata's body al- alone in a blood stained room. And they actually say in the book how Mary not only could have saved him, could have super easily turned him into a corpse unit, could have easily kept him alive and tortured him. He was just so uninterested in Tokonata that he did not give a shit and left. That's fucking hilarious, though, because the book says he walked over to a bookshelf, grabbed the book, and was just like, oh, you're stabbing him? All right, cool. He was so uninterested in anything Tokonata had to offer, he left. Like, which is so unlike Miri. For Miri to be uninterested in anything about you, sorry, dog. Sorry, not interested. Goodbye. For context, he was interested in Orihime. 
<laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And this is when we actually get to see our Lord and Savior Eisen for a little bit. We go into the Mukin, and he he's able to sense a shift in the soul society following the death of Tokunata. And this lets Eisen begin to kind of think back on a past conversation with Tozen, which I oh, asked I like at least a couple of episodes ago, what the fuck was the promise? We're about to find out. And I said, shut up. We'll get to it. Yep. Yeah, you did. We're about to find out, which is so fucking good, by the way. So good. I so, told you. Yeah. Tozen is expressing how basically he's got strong convictions to Aizen. He is devoted. He wants to stay convicted to Aizen. Like, you're my boy. And so the one favor that he asked of Aizen is that if Tozen ever betrayed their cause, if he ever relented and accepted the world of the Soul Reapers, if he was ever swayed to come back, he wants Aizen to eradicate him, leaving no trace of his existence right on the spot. And this request comes from his good friend Kakyo and the ideals and the memory of his friend Kakyo. Aizen totally at first is like weird request. Don't really get it. But he agrees to it, kind of understanding what's happening here. And it basically that Tokonata, or not Tokonata, Tozen has this weakness inside of him. And he's become aware that he could potentially be tempted to come back. And Tozen sees that his potential forgiveness of the slow reapers where like if someone like Asagi was able to sway him to come back, it would be so much of a betrayal of Kakyo's own memory that he would never be able to repent enough for all of the murders and stuff that he would do following Aizen. And that would make it even worse that he betrayed her wishes and it would become inexcusable in Tozen's mind. And so Aizen full on understands that he's like, okay, I get it totally. And Tozen states that, even if he's by Aizen's side and they complete Aizen's vision, the whole world is fixed, whatever happens, Tozen is going to kill himself just to keep the world pure at that point. He's a real one. I yeah. yeah. I, I read that bit and I was just like, damn. And so it ends with I yeah, it ends with Aizen giving one last like, you know, thinking about the thing and he's contemplating about how the past of the people that Tozen has affected, that is, Tozen's legacy is passed on, um, they might one day intersect with Aizen's own path. And he looks forward to it, you know. And Damn. it does mention also, like this is a narrator speaking, that you do not know if Aizen is looking fondly back on this memory or if he's just thinking about it. Like he does, he shows no emotion towards it. And that is the end of that chapter. Love that chapter, dude. Dude, same. I was just like, Wow. Just the last bit with Aizen, though, I was just like, ooh. It goes to explain, because, like, Komamura, you remember when um, Tozen got blapped, right? He got blapped. Tozen, or Komamura was like, how could you do that to, like, your your friend, like, Mm -hmm. your guy that's been following you this whole time? And you find out that there was a promise that he'd upheld the whole time. Aizen was the boy. And I was like, it all makes it so much better. Give me your wish. I'll grant it. And Tozen's wish was if he was to falter even for a second, take me out. And he did it. Dude, dude. He literally gave him the mercy he had wished for. Yeah. I was just like, fuck. So now that quote or what was it like that whole thing he says to uh, Shuhei early on in book one. Yeah. Makes so much more sense. He's like, you don't fucking understand what I did was a mercy. Yep. I was just like, fuck. He, you know, granted his wish. And and like when you think about everything Tosin did, he didn't just like kill a couple people. Like, remember when he's doing, like, horrible, fucked-up hollow experiments on people? Yeah. Like, yeah, to- yeah. imagine Tosin, like, turning back to the good guy side. Like, how would you be able to live with that? 
Very true. Very, very, very true. And that's something that Tozen thought about. He was like, if I go back, because he he already had to make a tough decision of betraying Kakyo. Like, he knew when him and Aizen originally talked that Kakyo would not want him to follow down this path. Mm -hmm. She would want him to go live a life. Like, to go be happy. Like, let go. Like, go do your thing. But he could not do it. He could not do it. He wanted revenge. He wanted justice is what he wanted. That's Tozen's whole fucking thing. So he knew that following this path of justice to get what he thinks was deserved is stepping all over Kakyo's memory. And he knows that if he was to go backwards, if he was to all of a sudden become good one day and repent, he could never. He could never follow his own sense of justice. He could never do it. And he could not live with himself. And I think about going into like that final battle with him knowing even if we win, I'm I'm just not going to make it. I have to yeah. go. Yeah, true. I, yeah. It, there's not a lot of people. Uh, this get, this phrase gets thrown around a whole lot, but Tosin really did stand on business. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, I love that promise. Love, 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 love. It's so good, and it makes me like it recontextualizes everything Tosin ever did. And you're like, huh? Yeah, it really does. Mm-hmm. It's also like, yeah, of course he would he would like be attracted to like hang out with Wonderwise because Wonderwise is like an innocent child too. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Where if only Tozen, hey, well, it also mirrors Tozen loved Wanderweiss. His disciple Hasagi ends up loving Hakone. That's mm-hmm. true. Very similar I, childlike innocence that drew both of them together. I, 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 it's so sad, but I love the idea that like Tozen really did make friends. You know, he really did train Hisagi with care. He was friends with Komamura, so th- it wasn't some idle thing. It was him going, listen. Those are people I actually care about. They could sway me back. Promise me you'll you'll just evaporate me. Yeah, and I feel like it even uh, Tozen talked about. I think it was in the last novel where he's not mad at the people. Like he's gone past the people. He's mad at the system as the a whole. The system and the actions. Like he's mad at the how it was created. He's mad at the whole thing. Like the whole apple is bad to him. Yeah. But that doesn't mean there's going to be some parts of the apple where it's like, you know, I kind of like those parts. Like those those are good, you know, but it's like he the system as a whole is what he's rebelling against. But because of that, he still found people that he liked. You know, he didn't hate Hasagi. He didn't hate Komamura. He hated the system. And was he wrong? The system was one where Eisen killed the entirety of Central 46 and was making all kinds of weird judgments to speed up Rukia's trial, and nobody questioned it because just listen to what the aristocrats say. Yeah. Yeah. There was never once, I think, where Yamamoto was like, that's kind of sus. Yeah, there was no hearing. We're going to speed it up? Okay, sure. No due process. Byakuya didn't question it because he's like, you obey the law. Yeah, you're a noble. Got to do what you got to. Got to do what you got to do. Such a good conversation. I love it, dude. Yeah. yeah. So good. Anything else you guys want to touch on in the chapter before we move on? So first off, basically to sum up everything Mayuri said to Tokinata was uh, your experiment was ass. I could do better. <laughs> yeah. 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 I did like that part a lot. Mayuri also gives the ultimate fuck you to Tokinata in that he just kind of ignores him for most of that. Mm-hmm. And... And this is the last one of the entire series. Fuck that bitch, Tokinata. He can't even die well. He has to scream a rant about how you didn't win. You didn't win. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's true. That is how he died. Yeah. He's like a kid. Blood all over the place. He's losing at Monopoly. He's flipping the fucking board and running (laughs) out screaming. No one won. No one won if the pieces are all gone. So I had a. 
Sam, you might not even remember this. It's been years, but I had like a debate with uh with Vamp years ago about Toki Nada's death, and you had to get out of that voice call because of spoilers. <laughs> okay. How um... how 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 do you guys feel about the way Toki Nada died? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Ironically enough, I liked it because no one really cared that he died at in that exact moment, and he was killed by someone he didn't even know. Mm-hmm. What about you, Sam? Um, yeah, I think it was good. Um, like I said, I, I wish that the Tokonata whole thing as a whole would have been the grand finale. You know, um, that was the only thing that I would change is I would rearrange the pieces and things like that. But I don't have a problem without because I think it's the classic spitefulness, right? It's like yeah. it's I feel like this whole novel has been like a game of spite. You know, even with Kiraku going after Tokunata, he's like, no, this is not me as the head captain. This is me as Kiraku wanting to beat his ass. Like, it is what it is. And even Mayuri, when he was talking to Tokunata, he tells him, like, this might, you know what? This is, may not even be my real body. It may not even be, it may be just another duplicate of me that's here right now. What does it matter to you? And it's like, it's everybody trying to outspite Tokunata. I kind of dig it. I think it's good. Where it's like to the very end, They're like, playing you know, his game. Tokonata was fighting so hard to fuck with people and who is it that defeats Tokonata is a nobody is a fucking nobody he fought his whole life against these people wanted to redo the whole system and a nobody kills him which he's been killing nobody's the whole novel the yeah. whole novel he's been killing assassins that he's hired he's been setting these people on him and he gets killed by the same nobody I, th- I think it's a beautifully poetic that he is killed not by a nobody but by himself yeah. but because He's the one that set the events in motion. He hired that clan of assassins to kill the family, and then he killed all of them spitefully. And then what should come back to bite him in the ass? A nobody. Exactly. So I've had this argument with people at work, and I just – if anybody in the comments wants to argue about this, I'm down. I want to hear what people have to say. <laughs> yeah. My friends at work say it's anticlimactic because he was not killed in a big, cool bleach battle. He wasn't getting to get showed to death. He didn't get – there was no dramatic scene where he gets a big cut in half or anything. Really think about it like this, right? The main villains that we had, Aizen, mm-hmm. Yuhabaha, right? Neither one of them were really defeated in some big battle. I Aizen got sealed away by Kisuke. Yeah. Okay? Yuhabaha, as we know, was ended up to be used as part of the fucking Soul King. And then even in the manga, he gets defeated, starts to come back later, and then immediately gets blapped by Ichigo's kid. Like, none of that was yeah, really defeated. Yeah, because literally zaps him away. Yeah, none of that was really defeated in some big bleach battle, you know? I mean, he... Aizen got hit with Mugetsu, and Yuha got the ultimate double team. Yeah, but I feel like the Mugetsu thing, you know, it's like, oh, you didn't kill me. Like, I'm still alive. Sorry. And then Kisuke is just like, oh, hey, what up? Like, well, I'm gonna go ahead hold and on. Let me use now. this super cool seal. Yeah. Uh, Which it, still it, had it, some dank animation. Boy, mm. did it. That was yeah. when the Bleach anime really got the good animation. Yeah. Yeah. But it's I love how pathetic Tokinata's death is. It's it goes from, you know, this this big villain. He's got a big castle out in the sky. He's got all these plans to he's, he he dies alone in a house that's empty because he killed everyone there and made it empty. And he's killed by nobody. And he's like dying, bleeding out on the throne with no one that gives a fuck. Love it. It's perfect. Yeah, I got no complaints. I think it's good. Mm-hmm. And no, not Rip Tokinata. Someone's going to comment Rip Tokinata, not Rip. I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> no Rip. <laughs> yep. Okay. Rip Tosin. 
True. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's let's continue on. Unless anybody, you guys have anything else to say? Well, this last, well, not really the last one, but it is titled The Final Chapter. Um, Kicking it off, we're back in the Kyogoku because we've never fucking left. And Shuei is kind of just discussing his Bankai with Kiraku. And he's like, like, oh, yeah, I didn't really know I had that until right now, you know. And Kiraku is like, interesting. You know, uh, it kind of looked like your Bankai was more resembling like a Bakudo or like a binding spell, you know, something like that. And he says that it has great potential to, you know, challenge and change a lot of the flow in battle. And this is where Shinji is like, hey, it's better than fucking mine. Like he Shinji says, at least you can pick who it's used on because they were all in the area and it only got used on Hakone. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, yeah, but if I use it by myself, it's just going to be a draw. That's always going to be the case. Yeah. It's just going to be a draw. And Kiraku is like, OK, well, now that you have Bankai, you could potentially be a captain. Yeah, you know, that is the minimum for the yeah. captain requirement. And Hisagi's like. Yeah, I could, but I don't want to. Like I, I would like to, to I would like to stay to be the editor in chief of the Serate Bulletin. And he wants to expose the wider world to his readers and obviously Hakone. And he says that he wants to actually investigate the full truth that is hidden by the Soul Society, including those that were revealed by Tokunata Sunishiro. And Hiraku is immediately like, Okay, you can do that, but Please be careful because it's not only Tokonata that will want to stop you from revealing that. There's much more powerful, stronger people out there that will fuck you up if you get too close to that. And he's like, if you choose to proceed on that road, I suggest you be like Ichigo and then gain a lot a more lot allies. Of friends. As he looks around the room and kind of sees all the different Quincy's. I, I like the uh, quote Ron too. He says, and, if you're going to take on the world, make sure you have a lot of allies. Yeah. And this is when all of a sudden Kiraku receives a message that Tokonata has been found dead and the culprit is totally unknown. No, they don't know who the fuck did it. That's so funny. Yeah. Now we flip forward several hours and everybody has returned from the Kyogoku to the Shiba residence, the Rakongai. Of course, the party place. Yep. And everybody has kind of started to go their own ways back to where they came from. Everybody's left where they're going. And Hikone was actually taken to the Shino Seiyukun to be under the care of Sonosuke Yamada, which I, I mean... I was so surprised we saw him again. Same. So surprised. I thought we were not going to come back yeah. to him at all. And the Soul Reapers, Ronkars, Quincy's, they all fucked off back to where they came from. And Genjo and those, it says, without a specific destination to go, they stayed with Ganju and Kakaku enjoying their free alcohol. And Ganju begins to uh, express, uh, you know, uh, he's a little bit upset that he was not there to fight Tokonata. Yeah. He thought, because Tokonata was such a strong guy, they needed him. Like, why did they not invite Ganju to be part of it? And this is where Yuki is like, hey, I'm about to leave. Like, do you want me, you know, to send a message to Ruka or Jackie? And Ganju's like, nah. It's like, anything I say, they'll just be pissed off. Like, don't don't waste your time. And Yuki was like, okay, well, there's also um, Moe Shishigawa, Wara, where the fuck his name is. And he turns to Tsukushima. is like, he's visits your grave. Like, do you want Often, me to send yeah. him a message? And first, Tsukushima's like, surprise, he even has a grave. It's like, oh, so I have a grave. And then he's like, no, I want him to you know, hopefully find another book, another entrance, another entrance to go fuck off to go do. And he thought, he's like, okay, fine. And this is when we see Kiraku reappear. And everybody's very surprised that he's hanging out with his group here. And he's like, I just want to come talk to you guys for a little bit because I want to let you guys know that I'm actually simplifying the travel between the Serate and the Rakongai. And originally, nobody's interested in that information. They're like, okay, why are you telling us that? Like, what a fucking waste of time. And eventually, Kiraku gives Genjo a book. And the book is called Warning of the Twin Fish. And it's a part of the series. This is a deep hole. 
It's part of a series that was written by Ukatake. And Genjo is like, why the fuck are you giving me this book? Yep. And it's Tsukashima's like, you know, I've actually read that book. It's really fucking good. And like at the end of the series, the personality of the author really comes through. <laughs> and that's when like Genjo actually is like, oh. Like he starts to become interested that he can kind of learn some more about Ukatake. He's like, oh, okay, that could be kind of cool. And Kiraku then reveals that, you know, between everybody here in the room, he just wants Genjo to know that Ukatake had always been willing to shoulder the responsibility for everything he did to Genjo, all of Genjo's actions, everything that he caused. And he was even prepared to be killed by Genjo if po- like if necessary. And so Hirok is like, I just wanted you guys to know that. Thanks for indulging in my selfishness for a little bit. And he goes to leave and Genjo starts thinking about all the information, the book, everything he's learned from Tokunata, Kiraku. Um, and he stops Kiraku just about to leave. And he's like, Hey, um, you said you were going to send flight. Like I can start going to the Serate. Could you tell me where Ukitaki's grave is? When he said that, I was like, I got a smile on my face. I was like, yeah. Oh my yeah. guy. And so Kaku has been watching the conversation the whole time as well. And she's kind of seeing uh, Kiraku make changes. The full bringers make changes. And she comments to herself that the time of change for the soul society had finally arrived. And she raised a toast in memory of Kayan and says that she hopes that if this would be a world, he would have appreciated. Love it. Love that it. Was so like, good. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. Um, Carrying on, we go visit our boy Sonosuke, who I'm just so surprised they've not murdered him as well. And he's just full on helping heal Hakone. Just totally saved Hakone's life is actually what they say. He's just full mm-hmm. on saved him. And you notice that Asagi is also severely wounded, and normally that is not his job to heal him, but he will make an exception this time. So, what did he say? He's like, I'm a like an active break or something like that. Yeah. And so Sonosuke mentions that, you know, Tokonana's body was already taken and retrieved by a group that arrived carrying the gilded seal aristocrat assembly and Hasagi's like okay like interesting and Tokunata er, fucking Sonosuke's like well don't worry I'm pretty sure there's no like Tokunata's not coming back like yeah, there's even no if they wanted to make motive. him a zombie they couldn't do it he's like dead dead like I took a look at his body he's gone and Hasagi's now concerned about Hakone's mental state when he hears about Tokunata's death what that will mean for him and Sonosuke is like listen has, has, you know Hakone has developed a new support system in you know you guys and Aura um, and he says that he's gonna leave telling the Tokunata bit though to Hasagi yeah because <laughs> <laughs> he's just not that guy he tells him like listen I have a he admits on his own he's like I do have a bit of a missing heart that is where my brother Hanatoro like is stronger than me. And he says that giving the others the will to live is also part of the soul reapers role. So I will leave that to you. And then we cut over to the department. This is my, my favorite fucking rap chapters, by the yep. way, my favorite and everything. We I was over- going to say Sam's eating this shit up. Like, <laughs> it was so good though. Yeah. So we go to the department of R and D now where we see Mayuri is, um, just fucking with his corpse unit is always just fucking electrocuting the shit out of them. And he is upset that they did not retrieve Hakone. Yeah. And they're like, you did not tell us. Or he's like, you should have known better. <laughs> it's like, think. And I think they're even like, normally if we act on our own, you fuck us up. He's like, but you need to know when to do it. <laughs> it's like, yep. you got to figure it out. He's still shocked. Sans a sandwich. Yeah. And Mary's not super upset because he still re- retrieved the data. One from the, uh, Sunyashiro family. And two, he found out a lot about Tsukushima from that as well. And the full bringers when he was originally doing, that and he says because they did a good job even you know with Hakone and all that he will grant them 2,700 seconds per day of free time so they should be really happy about that 45 minutes 
There you I go. looked that up. I also yeah, looked that up. <laughs> I did too. I was like, fucking guy. And Loopy is still planning to take advantage advantage of his new free time to try and defeat Grimjo. That was gonna be his goal. And he does not only want to defeat Grimjo, but he thinks he'll he's gonna you know use this time to wait for Grimjo to fight Ichigo and then he'll butt in. Because Grimjo only made the Soul Reapers agree to not butt in, and he's not a Soul Reaper. So this will be the perfect opportunity. And Dordoni's like, hey. Like Ichigo's mine. Like you can't my Nino. You like can't you can't kill my boy. You can't fuck up my boy. And Coolhorn is like totally like you know what rivalries. We love that. He's like I don't have one of those rivalries because I have Halibut and Nell. And in terms of beauty, I'm way ahead of them. I'm I a love step ahead of them, dude. <laughs> Coolhorn, uh, you know, straight up says I'm so much more prettier that I'm technically a lot better than both of them. <laughs> so yeah. I'm the best one. Yep. Who would have thought all of these years later we'd be like, yeah, Charlotte Coolhorn, best character. <laughs> yeah, we hated that fight originally. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we're like, yep. hey, I love Charlotte. Redemption. Yeah. I can't wait to rewatch that fight. Yeah. Like, yes, I can. Yes, I can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not because of Charlotte, because it's got Yumi Chica, and I fucking hate that bitch. Oh, come on. How can well, you get Yumi like Chica? Him. I think he's lame. <laughs> well, um, back to in the room where Nanana is still there, and he is uh, feeling quite sad that he is actually the only Quincy left now because Miri actually let the other ones go. Candace and Minnie were both allowed to go. Miri's like, listen, they weren't exactly totally free to go, as I still had a quote collar put on the Quincy's where he uh, had sure he released him. But he plans to call them back when he needs them. And he's fine with just the Arankars for now because they're already dead. So they're not going to die from overworking because they, yep. they're dead. They're dead. It's fine. And that's when we go to the world of the living where we see um, Bambietta is showing signs of being back to normal. Everything she, but the skin. Yes. And much to the concern of everybody, they're like, this isn't good. Like, she, if she's back to normal, this isn't going to be good. And she was like, yeah, I healed her in an accident and gave her too much blood. Like, my bad. And they're actually fully aware that Miri put trackers in them. They mm-hmm. can, like, kind of sense that it's there. And Lototo's like, we'll figure out how to get rid of those. Like, don't worry about it, you know. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're sitting down and they're like, well, there's probably a bunch of other stuff inside of us. So yeah. we'll figure it out. And so they realize that they have tracking bacteria. They have communi- communication equipment installed in their Konpaku, like, deep inside of them. And they're kind of figuring, like, should we go to Wekumundo? Like, where are we going to go from here? And Lotota's like, we're not going to Wekumundo. One, because of working with Ronkar sucks ass. And two, they don't have good food there. Yep. And that's when we cut over to Wekumundo, where we see Aura is alive. And she thought she had died when she went up to go figure, like, push the cast over. Use air quotes when you say alive. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Air quotes alive. And she thought she had died when she went uh, tried to help float the thing in the Garganta. And she found herself healed by an Aronkar named Roka. And she met Nell. She saw Halibull. And they invited her to come stay in Wakamundo. They're like, hey, like you're already fucking here. Like, let's fucking go. Like, stay in Wakamundo. And this is where we reveal that, uh, as Pythi said, she did die. <laughs> yep. She did die, but Nell saved her and brought her back to Wekomundo where Roka, using her abilities and all the reishi that is in Wekomundo, was able to basically, like, I don't know, kind of, like, halt her and get her to stay here. So they, they saved Aura. Aura was alive. Like, body's dead, spirit is here, because it's bleach, and that's just how shit works. 
That's right. <laughs> yeah. And so um, Nell is like, hey, like, let's get some food. Like, Don Depesha is over there. Like, let's get it. It's going to be awesome. And uh, she's like, hey, what if you stayed here and, like, helped make meals? Like, you helped make food. Like, you're from the human world. Mm-hmm. Like, surely you would know how to make a lot you know of food. You know how to teach us some stuff. Yeah. And Aurora's, like, genuinely touched by this. Like, that is so nice. And, like, I've never had somebody want me to do that before. And she starts thinking that she is totally down to stay in Wekamundo. She wants to find herself a quiet place where she'd basically Just be off alone. in a corner. Um, but she wants to learn to make meals so one day she can feed one meal to Hakone. Which is so sweet. Mm-hmm. Dude, that whole bit, though, is so wholesome. Even going back to the Quincy girls, they're just sitting in some country yeah. in a cafe dressed as normal girls except for Bambieta's decaying skin. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And everyone's like, yeah, we're just having a good time. Yeah. But it's awesome. It's so cool. It's and then a back good time. It's a yeah, good time back- for Bambi wants to blow up a country. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wants to I, resort to terrorism, terrorism. and take over a country. But Lil Toto queen. comes through and she's just like, nah, we're not doing yeah. that shit. I think they're concerned. Like, man, should we be concerned that, like, Bambi is like, and Giselle's like, no, if you just wait a second, she'll go back. And then she starts slowly deteriorating yeah, back the, to her the dumb blood self. Ru- rushes down. Yeah. Uh, and then the, back. Another, another massive Bambi L. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. Bambi Simps. Yeah. Which is me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, back to the Aronkers, I really like all that interaction, especially uh, yeah. when they're like, oh, Halibull's actually, you know, very kind to people who are, like, okay with children and stuff. And she's talking about how they're taking care of, like, all the little kid Aronkars. Which is from SAFWI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Picaro. And I yeah. – I, okay, so I did some stupid shit when I was a kid, right? You know, like we used to play with actual real swords because I had those. We threw lawn darts at each other. The the Picara are described as just shooting Saros and Balas at each other for fun. Yeah, <laughs> they're just being little kids yeah. having a good oh, time. It's also worth noted that they are all playing in the um, rubble the ca- of the castle. Yeah, the castle. Came the Garganta. And it's like it's now a play place for the Picaro. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that Nell even goes as far as to be like, "Oh my God, I want to. I want you to meet Ichigo. I want you yeah. to like cook for him and his friends." And they say that like the castles, like yeah, it doesn't fit the decor of Wakamundo, but it will when the sand starts to yeah. Once it gets it, dusty. Like, yeah. And then, of course, my boy's just brooding up top. Yeah, so we see Grimjo, and Grimjo is uh, not part of this, and he's seeing everybody having a good time, and he's actually. You know, joined by Halibull. Halibull finishes eating, comes over, and is like, "What's up, Grimjo?" And Grimjo is. Um, Upset that he was defeated by Tokonata and uh, not necessarily Hakone, but really Tokonata. And he wants to have a proper fight with Ichigo. And he's even thinking about wanting to settle the scores with Lupi. He wants to fight everybody still. He's classic. Everybody versus him. And he finishes thinking um, this last little bit with the Iran cars, hoping that Ichigo hadn't become weak due to the peace. And he wants to have a worthy challenge still with Ichigo. Grimdor has just become Vegeta. Yeah. Yep. Like, like, you know, like, Post Cell Saga, pre Android Saga, where Vegeta's just like hanging out behind a tree because he can't be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. Grim Joe. He doesn't want to be alone, but he's you know he's there. He he doesn't want to admit that he likes hanging out with other people, but he does. Yeah. Yep. How did Halibull eat? I'm assuming she's back in her pre resurrection form. I don't know. Listen, More I think fans. we go with the classic Pythes answer. You ready? Yeah. Don't think about it too hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, she shoved it all into the gaps between her weird around cartoon. She was just socially eating. Uh, right? So she, she was sitting down yes. just having a good time. She was socially eating. 
she was doing like Alphonse does, where he she's like she picks. Oh, up hold on, takes... let me remove my head. <laughs> nah, she like pretends to take a bite and throws it over her shoulder. There you like, go. What if she has to go into resurrection form just to eat? The, okay, you know, let, let's bring up some shit that's brought up in like a joke thing. Where do they get the water in Wake Mundo? Hmm. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I mean, they did say they cooked up a little lizard person and it was delicious. Yeah, they cooked up a lizard and they were like, yeah, there's some local flora that's pretty good. And then like, in one of the joke endings for Bleach, they were like, so where do you get the water for the tea, Eisen? Eisen's like, don't worry about it. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's a great question. Hallie Bell, she. She's the water. She makes the tea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There, you go. there we okay. go. All right. Perfect. Perfect. She's, Works out. She, she's just Squirtle. <laughs> yeah. That's why she's there. That's why she's not there for eating. She's there to supply the water. It's Anybody true. wants to cook in the Wekamunda, they have to ask Halibut for water. Oh, that's the best. You have to go up to her and be like, excuse me, miss. May I have some water? Well, maybe they have like a well that she fills up, you know, and they could just come and get water from the well. Do you think it would still rain in Wekamundo? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. There, okay, so once again, definitely not canon, but I actually read the shit in Bleach Brave Souls. There's one where Tosin's trying to figure out how to cook food, and it's just revealed, yeah, so there's just a catalog of food and sweets you can order from, and Gen goes to pick it up. <laughs> oh, nice. Cool. And they were like, hey, how come no one told me about this? And then, like, a Halle Bell and her squad show up and go, yeah, we ordered these sweets, like, six weeks ago. <laughs> okay all right perfect so we go back to the soul society now with shinji and momo of course and momo is kind of trying to like says like hey like what happened with all the aronkars like, that's where i like last saw you you know and rock was like don't worry about it please like don't worry about it it's so much better now don't even ask me any questions and that's when uh fucking uh, no one else but hiyori appears and it's like hey shinji is like you told fucking hisagi to tease me you bitch it's like and she's like how are you gonna take responsibility he's like beating the shit out of him and Kicks fighting him the nuts yep and right in the dick yeah and even ken pashi overhears this fight he's like man they're fucking loud like that like, what are they doing and this is when i think we get the uh the part about ken pashi saying he wants to find hisagi mm -hmm. and he wants to test fighting hisagi's bonkai he just goes, go bonkai yeah but then there uh, he's informed by yumichika and Nikaku that oh actually hisagi left to go to the real world to finish his uh interview with urahara and that's when of course we go to the urahara shop and hisagi just finished up wrapping up his interview with urahara and he says that due to the classified nature of the recent events hasagi has decided to move forward with instead a special project about the urahara shop and he's basically saying like you know can't really talk about the sunishiro stuff right now so let's do a, a feature on the urahara shop and he goes to leave and urahara and yodoichi uh begin to discuss hasagi's role in the truths that were told by tokenada and especially that he knows some of the truths about urahara and what his perks were with creating what he did and urahara is like okay listen between you and I, the Hogyoku did not create for altruistic reasons. Like, Tokunata was way off. Hasagi doesn't know what he's talking about. Because Hasagi, I think, calls Urahara a hero. He's like, hey, yeah, he does. Like, I'm going to leave. I just wanted to say before I head out, um, all things that I've known, all things that I consider, you're a hero. And that's when Urahara's like, listen, like, I didn't create it for altruistic reasons. I literally just wanted to create something new. Like, the goal for the purpose of what that item did or what it was for, that was secondary. I just want to make something new, similar to Mayuri and his drive for when he does research. And this he says, ultimate, this is the ultimate goal of scientists. He just wanted to see if he could do it. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's like, it's not for someone like myself or you to be the judge on what that creation, if it's right or wrong. And that's why I want to leave someone like Hasagi, where like his, he's just a soul reaper. He's he is a soul reaper, soul reaper. Like that is what he is. And he needs an individual, an impartial individual like Hasagi or Ichigo or Rukia. And that person, that would be okay for him to figure out if Uruhara is in the right or wrong. And then Yoruichi's is like, what the fuck? Why not me? Like, why can't I do it? Why can't I be And Uruhara's decider? like, oh, please, you'd always be on my side no matter what. And, you know, it's like <laughs> they go back and forth. And Uruhara's like, yeah, I'd beat your ass if you ever did anything wrong. He's like, yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. And then they get ready to close up the Uruhara shop because they're going to go figure out where the fuck Ichigo is and what he's been up to this whole time. I love the oh maybe because this was part of the plan it could be pretty nasty yeah yeah and then he's like ah, i always kind of wanted to open up a temporary shop in western japan anyways and so they go pack up to go head over to see Ichigo, and that's the end of the final chapter i love that they all have like floaties and stuff on too yeah they're, yeah, like, they're gonna go, go. <laughs> yeah. yeah they're gonna have a vacation they're going to the beach because that's where that's where Ichigo was they yeah. were at the beach that episode's canon Oh, yeah. The beach episode is it's now the beach canon. episode i okay so i talked a lot about haters this episode we we know how much Hiori hates Soul Reapers and anything to do with them. She walked, she came right to Soul Society and into Squad Five Barracks to just to kick Shinji in the dick. <laughs> yeah, she had to get her revenge. That, that's the ultimate hater. I love Hiori now. Had to get her get back. She kind of gets so fucking funny. Poor Shinji, and she calls him what? Baldy? Bal- <laughs> Is that what she was calling him? Yeah. yeah, she calls everybody baldy, which is such a stupid because none of them are bald. It just reminds me of Yachiru just biting Ikaku's head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And no, it was it was a really good final chapter. I like seeing what everybody's basically doing. Yeah, you see, the like, wrap-up is We nice. talked a little bit already with the corpse unit being in another country. Mayuri's back in the R&D with all of his corpses. We see Nana and I wasn't able to make it out. Uh, Sanosuke's still vibing, totally hired. They say I that the aristocrats actually totally waived any wrongdoings for Sanosuke because – He's good. Yeah. He's like, they don't want to lose fucking Sonosuke. And then you see Kiraku is able to convince, you know, Genjo to kind of forgive Ukutake. Uh, Kukaku's happy saying that change is happening for Kayan. You know, it was good shit all the way through. Really, really. And then, of course, you know, we talked a lot already on the Aura and the Grimjo and the Roncars. It's, it's so good. I like seeing the wrap up of what everybody's doing. Um, it's awesome. It's fucking super good. I guarantee, like, off, they never showed it right, but off screen, as soon as everything happened, they were like, by the way, shouldn't we? Tokinata's dead. He just goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Easy, baby. That's how they go. Easy. Such easy, a good, easy. like, end to it all. And then, do, you, do we want to talk about the little author stuff? Oh, well, there's, there's a bonus chapter. Do you want me to read the bonus chapter real quick? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the bonus chapter is just intersects with, like, the final chapter of Bleach. Okay. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. I'll go over the bonus chapters really quick, real short. Um, the bonus chapter picks up a dick a decade after the events of the Kyogoku. And the Soul Society is a piece. Total piece. And Ruki Kachiki is being installed as the new captain of the 13th company. So Hitsugaya, Rangiku, um, Lieutenant Iba, uh, they are Kensei. Hasagi, they're all on the way to this ceremony. And it's actually, they talk about Lieutenant Iba has been doing training daily to become captain as well. And uh, Hitsugaya's like, damn, 
hey, really good job. I wish somebody else here would take would, up that as, as well, like making fun of Rengiku. And they begin to point their uh, targets at Hisagi because they of say course. that word has gotten around of Hisagi's Bankai, but nobody has seen it and nobody will talk about it because it's top secret. No one is allowed to say anything about it. So everybody teases the fuck out of him. Like, where's your Bankai, Hisagi? Ain't no I, one seen it. Show it to does me. Does it even do it exist? Now. Yeah. And it's like, well, I just haven't had the opportunity to do it, you know? And, like, uh huh. It's like, that's what I would fucking say if I didn't have a fucking Bankai. And they are making fun of him, but it's very heavy handed where they say, like, listen, they're making fun of him, but they're able to make fun of him because they are living in such a peaceful time. Mm-hmm. So everybody's relatively happy. And we cut back one year prior to this where Hasagi uh, has gone to visit. Let me, visit, let but, me inter- interject. That shit is literally like straight from the final chapter. Oh, okay, like, cool. But like, because it, it's, it, I guess they had to figure it out. Because in the chapter, you know, even Ken says, like, well, you have a Bankai? I haven't seen your Bankai. And Shuhei goes, Captain, you've seen it. He goes, ah, oh, yeah, I guess I just forgot. So in the book, <laughs> they, were like, they were like, oh, yeah, Kensei's just throwing him under the bus for fun. Oh, uh, that's cool. That's cool. Then we go one year prior, and Hisagi is visiting Hakone, who is decided to take up residence in the Rukongai, where it was taken residence in the part of the Rukongai that Miyuri had to completely eradicate everybody that was inside of it to balance out the world because of the fucking Yuha Baha squad. That's fucking crazy. And they have just totally never said anything about it, but everybody that lives in the Rukongai is so scared to go in that place because everybody vanished. They're like, oh, it's perfect for Hakone. Like, nobody's going to fucking go in there. Nobody's going to say anything. And we see Hakone has lost actually quite a bit of their power because Ikamikadome sucks so much out of it and they've turned over their Zanpakuto back to squad zero and but Hikone is determined to become stronger and he says that his goal is he wants to become stronger and eventually find aura and Hisagi's like you know what I support that like totally support that and let me help you like I promise to help you I'll help you get stronger it's like we'll do the whole thing and it says that even though Hikone lost a lot of his strength he is still much stronger than the average soul reaper much much stronger and we go back to the present with Hisagi and he's still just talking about how he's committed in his role as the editor-in-chief of the Serate Bulletin and he wants to find a path of least bloodshed and he's also been discreetly continuing to gather information about the Sunyushiro family's past misdeeds. And when Rengiku fully starts making fun of this information, where like, um, Kensei lets loose that, like, oh, Hisagi's been visiting a kid in the Rukan guy. And Rengiku's like, is it your kid, Hisagi? And Hisagi's like, no, no, like, no, no, no. And they just continue to make fun of him. And I, I took the last quote here. This is the last little paragraph of the whole novel. I'll read it here. Um, it says, it was a lighthearted conversation that they were able to have specifically because of the peace that they had won. And thus they continued to live their days. They were soul reapers. They ruled over life and death and were also those who walked the path in the space between life and death. They feared death, feared life, and clad themselves in all manner of dread. However, those who live as soul reapers can't fear their own world that they bear. If so, accompanied by the fear of all their days until the last, they would have to sweep away the fears of the next day to reach the world that lay ahead. And the wind once again circulates through the world. The end. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Very, very good. Very wholesome. Um, I would say the one thing, having played Bleach Brave Souls and all that stuff, um, and my brief small knowledge of what I knew of Camp Fear World, very surprised to see both Aura and Hikone survive. Same. I thought they would have killed Hikone mm-hmm. or Hikone would have died. I thought this was going to be one of those classic like novel things where they kill off all of the novel original characters and you'll never hear from them again. They're not going to be relevant to the story. They're never going to make an appearance. But no, two of them are alive. I'm surprised by that. I would love, you know, Kubo publishes the next chapter and my aura shows up and people are like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> That's right. Now you got to go get my other stuff. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, well, actually, I appeared in this novel. Yeah. 
Check it out, baby. Check, I I love that Holly Bell's like weird harem of women is growing. Yep. Yeah. She added another hottie to our stable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do we want to touch base on the little author? There's uh, two little comments from one from Kubo, one from the author of the manga, or not the manga, from the novel. Um, do we want to touch base on that first before we go back and talk about the novels as a whole? Yeah, we'll touch on the postscript because that shit was funny. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it it was good. I didn't really take anything away from the bonus chapters. Like, yeah, it's funny moments, classic Bleach. It's like, it didn't really change my opinion on anything that happened. Um, I did like seeing that Hakone basically took up residence in the Rukongai, and he even mentioned about wanting to become stronger, potentially um, Asagi trying to maybe teach him how to be a soul reaper. Uh, I liked all that. Asagi's child. Yeah, I thought that was good. But, I mean, aside from that, I didn't take anything, like, revolutionary away from it. I'm just glad Hikone's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he deserves it. He deserves it. I, Poor when kid. I was read, when I was reading these originally, I didn't really connect to Hikone. I was just like, yeah, he's a character that does things, but whatever. He, he Hikone is such a nice, genuinely sweet kid. I really got attached. I yeah, like, and I think I think it's funny that like in the, it had it gone back to like the original novel that we read. I don't think I would have guessed. It's like you know who's gonna heal Hikone at the end and save him? Sonosuke. I would have been like, Sonosuke's going to be bad. Sonosuke's going to kill Hakone. But it's like, no, Sonosuke is just a dickhead that's just doing his job. Yeah. Like, yeah. to the end, he's a asshole, but he will do his job. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. He's like Mayuri. Mayuri yeah. Is yeah, there you go. Technically, he's doing his job. He's just, you know, the worst person ever. Morals do not apply to him. He's like, what are morals? No, wait, I forgot. It's Mayuri. He thinks he's the best, and he's like, I'm the perfect gentleman. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That would never hurt a woman. Would never. People say I there. There's love in my veins rather than blood. So I love my race the best. So on to the wacky postscript. All right. So um, I didn't really take too many notes on the postscript. I took down a couple of things um, that I thought was really interesting. So uh, if you guys have something that you want to talk about, please do tell me. I'm actually gonna go right to. Um, there's two parts from the. Uh, it's kind of like, I guess, author's comments at the end. Yeah. Uh, one from Kubo, one from the author of the novel. And yeah. both of the, the parts that I thought were really interesting was actually from the author of the novel. And I, I'm going to read the first one here. Uh, this is just straight a quote from the part where the little comments on the end where this is from the author of Can't Fear Your Own World. Um, they say, however, I was unable to ex- exhaustively tell the full tale of Bleach's vast world in these three volumes. So if when it comes to the quote hearsay that I wrote from the perspective of the, the Osho, so which is Ichibe and Tokonata, you were able to spread the wings of your imagination and felt that there was possibly more to the story, or possibly not, and it continued to fit the aesthetics of the Bleach world. Then, as a spin-off novelization author and also a fan of the original work, there is nothing that would make me happier. So I wonder. I, I wonder if that will tie into some stuff we'll talk yeah, about later. Yeah, so mm-hmm. uh I quoted that for a specific reason. Jose, I didn't send it to you because I wanted to tell you on the podcast. So uh, there's, we're going to talk about something. There's new Kubo information that dropped, and it's not confirmed. I have not been looking at it, but I have it, been seeing a lot of people leaked, talk about Kubo. Not confirmed. Um, there's some huge leaks that just came out, and it's from a trusted leaker who was right about some previous Bleach like Blu-ray content. He was the first one to report on it, so people are kind of trusting that he's going to be correct on this. But I think it's actually from the new Bleach ex like art book that all oh. of this stuff is coming from it's just now shipping out and someone has leaked some information about it yeah 
So as Pythi said, wonder if that quote right there will come in to say it's something I'm going to say later, but let me put my last one that I saved in here. And then uh, if there's anything you guys find interesting in Kubo's or in the authors that I didn't touch on, please tell me. Um, this is this is from the author of Can't Fear Your Own World Style. And they go, by the way, after Matsubara and I heard the story of how Kisuke Urahara and Yoruichi Shion met, both of us said the same thing immediately. You have to draw that with your own hand as a manga, Kubo. Or really, I'd like to read that as a manga. So interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That would be that fantastic. There, there is a story that Kubo already has of Kisuke and Yoruichi meeting. Damn, that's actually really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. 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 And I can't be smug about that because we don't know shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's true. Yep. But I like to think that he told them because basically, I it sounds like the author, and I don't know who's who's Matsubara. Is that the author of SAWY? Maybe. No, I th- the the author is the same guy. Spirit Server with you is uh, by the same guy, Narita. Who? So who is Matsubara? Is that the editor? I don't know. Might be. I'm googling it right now. Oh hell yeah, Google time. My best friend. That helps out at work a lot. Yeah. Uh, author of We Do Not Always Love You. Ah, okay. Yeah, I love that book. Yep. And uh, Death Saves the Strawberry. That's also a good one. We'll cover those at some point. So, yeah. So, it's two authors of Bleach novels, basically, were invited to talk to Kubo. And it sounds like Kubo basically told them, like, hey, ask me whatever you want. Ask me. Go ahead. God and so, damn. they both, like, full-on rapid fire asked him a bunch of questions. And that's where a lot of this is coming from. That's where they found out about the past. That's how the author said that he decided to make Hasagi. The main, a character. main character about it um, All of that stuff and that's where this quote Comes from where they both asked about Kisuke And Yoruichi meeting like how did they meet each other And that's where that comes from where they're like That is so fucking cool you have to do that yourself Like they didn't even want to touch it it was so cool Like Kubo you have to do that one Damn that would be amazing Imagine that right you're two people that have been given like The ultimate permission to write anything And they just go no you have to do it It's yours they understand. Yeah, yeah. They just understand. Like, how they, they fucking totally cool it. is that? How cool is that? And this manga or the novel's been out for a while. Yeah. So how uh, fucking cool? How cool? I'm excited for whatever the fuck Kubo does next. Hey, just let the man cook. Don't, don't, no one bug him. Right, so I thought I would read uh, the author's notes, just because they amused oh, the perfect. fuck out of me. Did ahead. either of you? Did either of you read these? No. Okay. So this is a note from Kubo. Uh, he says, a mangaka who got a dog for the first time at the beginning of spring, a man who hadn't had any interest in animals whatsoever and had once thought... I have thought, seen this. Yeah. Why do people with pets have phones filled with pictures of their pets and want to show off these pictures at every possible opportunity until he also got a pet for the first time and immediately ended up with a phone full of photos of his pet and spends his days battling the desire to show off those pictures to other people. It has an iron will that stops that desire. Dogs are great. Mm, we love that. We love that. That's uh, actually so good. Man, you'd, you'd think he'd write like, oh, th- thank you for the serialization of this book. Thank mm-hmm. you for reading it. He's just like, man, I love my dog. Yep. That's the, most, that's the most Kubo move has ever been. And uh, Naruto, he's just quite, he's just quite shorter. He says, Bleach novelization, author number two. A simple novelist who loves videos of animals and is and is easily healed by watching footage of hedgehogs and such. A snake-loving man who would love wrapping pythons around his neck at the zoo. And always wanted to get a pet snake someday, but never had the confidence to care for living animals to begin with and has the will of tofu. Snakes are great. <laughs> All right, then. Totally <laughs> different. 
So he's just a fucking weirdo. Mm-hmm. I love he's this a man. Super fan. All the shit he pulled out, he's like, "All right, we need to get that teleportation cloth. We need to get these weird rods. Uh, we're gonna." Oh yeah. So when I said that's a reach, you they would talk about Ukitake's novels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They talked. They talked about that in one of the 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 color books where they're like, "Here's what all the captains put in the Seireite bulletin." Ukitake writes a little. He writes an adventure story. Wow, that's cool. And they bring it up, and I was like, "That what the fuck? He remembered that." Super fan. All right, now shall we get to the good shit? I can't wait. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're going to hop over. Now, I had mentioned about there were some leaks that came out, and these are all from the new leaks, art book leaks, called Bleach EX. And this comes from a Japanese fan. His Twitter handle is Bleach underscore KRK. RK on Twitter and he is supposedly a uh, trusted source he was the first source for some information that was revealed in the Blu-ray special editions as well which was correct when he uh, revealed them before and this is all stuff revealing to like Soul King creation and Quincy's and stuff like that like crazy shit Uh, so to start off we're going to talk about the Irazu Sando, which is from the Bleach Dazzle Blower anime mm-hmm. that we've been watching. This is the scenes with the Ichigo walking through the, the path and taking in all the colors and all that stuff. And it says that the Irazu Sando is a test to determine whether someone is worthy of becoming the Soul King, where the person being tested holds a wooden sword that gradually increases in weight. There are additional rules such as don't stray off the cobblestone path, don't lift your heels off the ground. The end of the path leads directly into Sinjumara's palace. So interesting, really interesting, Uh, kind of a bit more backstory as to what the rules were and um, how it worked as a test, which we saw Ichigo directly doing in the anime. Yeah. Now, this is the part that directly correlates to the quote I gave when I picked at the end about the Soul King's creation of the three realms. And it says the three whirlpools were being generated by the arrows. And when the man stabbed his sword down in the center, the arrows flickered slash glimmered and severed his limbs. The liquid that the sword was stabbed into was then solidified and became the crystal that the soul king is sealed in. Presumably the three whirlpools either represent or are the ordinary point of the three realms. Um, and it says important to note that this story of creation of how the three worlds were created is much different than that, that has been stated by each of and Kafir world novels. And as we just learned, they talked about before in the Kafir world novels that the senior Shiro family basically fucked him over and trapped him in the crystal. Um, in the anime version, it says that Ichibei is shown retrieving the Rayo's corpse with a very menacing glare following his dismemberment. Um, and it says, evidently, Ichibei's world words should be met with extreme distrust, which is why I quoted that part there about even the, quote, hearsay that was given to him from Ichibei and Tokonana should be taken with, you know, just a little bit there. So, um, obviously doesn't spread much light into what's happening, but I think that shows to me that Kubo's got plans for the Soul King yeah. that he's working on. And I think a big part of it is further to play in that character of Ichibe. You know, he's not exactly a good guy. You know, who knows? Who knows? Maybe Ichibe is going to be a big bad at the Hellverse. Who knows? Oh, I think sick. Uh, like Sam, you and I were talking on Instagram and I think we both, both just came to the conclusion. It's super in character for Ichibe to fucking lie. Yeah. Yeah. He's been doing it this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it I, just, 
I feel like they can make a game where he just almost, you know, I hate to refer to the Joker again, but like the joke, the Joker in the movies, right? He each time has a different um, story for how he got his scars. Yeah. Each time. And it's like, it's like each bay with how is the Soul King formed? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I got a new, another new one he for you. He just likes creating stories. Uh-huh. And like, it seems so out of the blue. Like he's, we're gathering up all the people for story time. Let's tell you a story that definitely isn't a lie. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm super down for like every, like the version that we get in Can't Figure on World being the one people know. And then Ichibei's got the real story. Fucking Ichibei. He's so, he's such an interesting character. All right. A couple other things that were uh, talked about is the Bambies. And it says that the new abilities Giselle gained, gained after enhancing her vocal standing with the Sklav Rai, which we saw in the anime, Dancing Dead Boys Club and Munchy Munchy Babies. Mm-hmm. They actually have the ability to zombify an enemy just by biting them without requiring any blood from Giselle. And that Bambietti's full standing is normally called Zophiel, which is translated to flame slash blaze of God. And after being, oh, sorry, I just fucking hella zoomed in here. Um, after being zombified by Giselle, its name changes to Zombiel. And there was a <laughs> slight change in its appearance as a point on this post, but in terms of ability, they have the same thing. Uh, also, they talk about Syndromar Zompakto. And says that her needle is her Shikai, and it's called Shigarami. Its ability is to generate an unlimited slash infinite number of Reishi threads, which she can manipulate. Meanwhile, the ability of her Bankai, which I'm not going to say that fucking name again, is to generate an infinite amount of Tanmono, which she can manipulate in various ways, such as weaving and cutting. Additionally, Sinjamara can teleport between any Tanmono with the same color. The poster thinks that the, uh, oh, so this is the Twitter user, thinks that the wording suggests that her Bankai has even more abilities than the one that was used to defeat the Shutsafal. So potentially more abilities of the Bankai than was represented in the anime. Damn, that's actually really crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Episode one of Core 3 is going to pop off so hard. Oh, that's going to yeah. be so yeah. crazy. And then we finish with a whole fuck ton of shit about Aizen and Yuha Baha's conversation in the Mukin. We oh, know cool. is going to be fucking juicy, baby. So... The user says that Aizen is nigh immortal due to being fused with Hogyoku, and Yuhabaha was not capable of killing him. He could have sealed him. However, there is no point because being sealed by Yuhabaha is the same as being sealed in the Mukin, in the Mukin and are essentially the same. So therefore, Yuhabaha's only option was to try to recruit him. However, if Aizen would have agreed to join Yuhabaha only to re- betray him later, it would have greatly reduced the Wanderreich's military strength. So Yuhabaha judged that it was essential to pacify Aizen and win him over as an ally. Yuhaba did not expect that Aizen would ally with the Shinigami, so leaving without doing anything is a, was a miscalculation on his part. Additionally, Aizen is fused with the Zanpakuto, so he's now able to utilize his abilities without the physical sword. However, its effects is weakened when he does this. Presumably then, uh, or then, yeah, Kyokusugetsu is at full effectiveness when Aizen remanifests his sword. And it says Aizen filled up the Mukin with his Reyasu and was therefore able to use Kyokusugetsu to very slightly shift Yuha's perception of time and of the time interval, forcing Yuhaba to retreat before he could capture Ichigo. And he carries on saying that in the SFWI novels, it was stated by Yodoichi that the Mukin contains countless seals that weaken the Zanpakuto of its prisoners in order to prevent them from being able to attack people outside. Aizen most likely had to fill up the Mukin with his Ryatsu because he needed to overpower these seals before he could affect Yabaha with Kyokusugetsu. Damn. Mm-hmm. And it carries on that says that even um, 
Yuhaba's sealing abilities were briefly described in Camphor World when it was said that Grimmy was sealed in a cage with a powerful bear that only Yuhabaha can make. And it says, uh, based on the information above, the seal Grimmy was trapped in was like comparable to something of the Mukin. It's dampening powers, which explains why Grimmy wasn't able to escape. And it says, also consistent with uh, SFWY stating that escaping from Mukin is more difficult than escaping from hell. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But super fucking badass again for Aizen, where it's like in order to even use his abilities in Mukin, he had to fill the whole place up with his Reiatsu, the whole fucking place, overpower the seals that were around, and then only then he was able to slightly affect Yuhabaha. Yeah, because his perception of time got messed up, came yep. back and was like, oh shit, I'm out of time. Yep. It's been an hour already? What? Damn. Once again, Aizen saved your soul society. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So really cool fucking shit. And I think the biggest takeaway from me when we read that, which Bythes and I talked about the moment I fucking sent it to him, was that the Soul King information is different. It's, it's way different. It's, it's different from what we've heard in Catherine huh. World. It's different from what we've kind of been thinking about. That being said, Iruza Sando, we figured out event immediately the moment we saw that shit happening. But very interesting. Very weird. And I, I think it's even more so interesting with the stuff that we learned in the author's notes where they were allowed to ask Kubo questions about that. And I don't know if that means maybe Kubo didn't tell them exactly what it was or maybe gave, like nudge them onto the right path. It was like, hey, now you you decide. But but interesting. I'd love to imagine that Kubo said, so here's what happened. Uh, no one knows this, but Ichiban, he won't tell the truth. Okay. Or... Or Kubo is Ichibe. That's fair. And yeah. He, he goes around and every person who asks about the Soul King or how it's the world was created, story he tells them a different time. story. <laughs> All right, Sam. You know, Weeb's Guild gets big. We invite Kubo onto the podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or you know, have different interviews, me, you, and Pythes, yeah. each different ones, and we ask him the same question. Well, so about the Soul King, he's like, "Well, let me tell you this." Listen, story. I tell you straight up, I'm not wasting my question on the Soul King. From what I've heard, I'm going straight to the Yodoichi and Kisuke story. <laughs> so I don't give two shits about the Soul King. You can waste your breath on that shit. That's not going to be relevant ever. I'll, I'll hear right about Yodoichi and Kisuke, please. Okay, like, so Sam, that's it's your a question. weird love story. Yeah, Jose, what would your question be? You get to ask Kuba one thing. Damn, dude, I don't even know what I would ask him. <laughs> to be completely honest, I'm like, I don't know. Okay, I'll 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 let you cook. I'd be like, so Kubo, um, which girl do you like the most out of your characters? And he'd be like, Brukia. Like, okay. <laughs> no, he straight up has said multiple times, I like the well and and voluptuous ones. I walk up to I Kubo. I start tucking myself into bed. I was like, okay, Kubo, now tell me the whole story of the Hellverse, please. <laughs> and I'll just lay there. <laughs> well, let me. Uh, well, let I me tell some- you, Sam. I got some lore about Kubo and the big titty women. Yeah. Okay, so apparently in the beginning, Kubo's ideal woman was someone slender, you know, and kind of small like Rukia. Mm-hmm. And then he and then he's like, I need to draw women with different body types because having just the same person is fucking boring. And apparently he started doing research with big booby magazines and he's like, oh, no, wait, I'm kind of into it. <laughs> dude kubo is an interesting dude he's into all aspects of women just out of how he draws each one of the women in in bleach i'm like he takes some time he takes his time yeah. learning he takes time and he's like okay this one she's she's got like weird bones covering her nipples and got a weird mask this one's a he's... baby and then she's not a baby and then she's a baby again somehow her clothes just 
splits down the middle. So yeah, don't think about it too hard. I think. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you, thank you. I, th- I think that's so funny because like we all know Kubo is he's he's the big titty man. And he's there like Rukia really. That that was his OG waifu, but I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Like the only big titty woman in OG Bleach is like Orihime, and they weren't massive. They were just like you know kind of big, and then they, they were... just get bigger and bigger. Yeah, and they. Bigger. Pers- yeah, they fucking get huge, dude. I mean, Rangikus are watermelons. Yeah, like Rang- like even I think about like when Yuroichi first shows up, they're standard, they're normal, but they're not massive. They get bigger later. It's the time skip, you know. There, there was no time skip. I know. <laughs> it's <laughs> it like One cool. Piece. That's that's what happened to Nami. Yeah, we don't talk. I don't talk about One Piece, man. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. No, it's, I, I, dude, I waited for that time skip. It took so long. All right. Well, what? Let's touch base one last time. What did you guys think of the novel as a whole? I genuinely enjoyed guys, it. You guys go first. Okay. You genuinely enjoyed it. I very thoroughly enjoyed it. Just like it's 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 like you said. It's like those episodes where you just kind of catch up on the characters, see yeah. what they're doing, and it makes sense. What are other people doing when the main character's not around? Yeah. Yep. So I loved it all. I want to stand by this point. I've made this point uh, in the second novel, and Pythes is like, just wait till you get to the novel. Just wait till you get to the novel. I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to stand tall on this. I still do not like Hasagi any more than I like Hasagi. <laughs> he still sucks. I'm sorry. Like, I would, I enjoyed the novel, had a good time. I could have enjoyed it 20 times more if it was not Hasagi. Who would you have picked? Fucking anybody, as long as it's not Israel. All right, that's the only no one. Izuru, that, that's the only no Izuru, no Hitsugaya. That, that's the only one. Listen, Hitsugaya, I enjoyed his movie. I didn't think it was the best Bleach movie, but I enjoyed the movie. So, like, I could enjoy Hitsugaya, you know, go to. But my problem with Hitsugaya is once a moment Hitsugaya is involved and Rangiku's involved, and I'm also not a fan of Rangiku. I don't like Rangiku's personality, per se. Yeah, okay, Jose. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think anybody. Like, I, I almost – here's here's one. Here's one. And maybe it wouldn't have the same thinking man's perspective on it. But I feel like we could have got a similar story with the same characters told from the point of maybe like a Grim Joe. I think we could have yeah. got that. He was involved in this story a lot. He was, yeah, he was heavily involved. I would have much enjoyed that. He had the cringiest line of the whole novel. So I feel like his would have been like, me I need that to it fucking didn't kill something. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, I, I Hana Toro, I would have enjoyed. All right, listen, Hanato I would have enjoyed that. Cool. Hanato's yeah. cool. <laughs> He's too cool. I, I could I have enjoyed. Know. I could have enjoyed a myriad of things. You know, I just, I, I have a problem with the kind of woe is me like loser characters, and that's Hisagi and Izuru. I'm not a fan. I guess to each their own. I lo- it made me like Hisagi a lot more. Nah. Uh, the one thing this novel did do for me is I think they did a great job of Shinji. Great yeah, job. Yeah. Made Shinji a lot cooler. You, you finally get to really see what his Bankai can do. Yeah. I mean, we what we saw a snippet of in Thousand Year, right? Yeah. And it didn't but, really describe what it did. Well, I will yeah. say now, one, one thing I got to say is having read the novels now, having seen the additions that they're doing to Bleach Thousand Year Blood War at the anime, I don't now... I still think I had a great time reading these books, but I do not think this is the necessary read. I think you could go on. You think you you can get away with it now? You can get away with not reading it. I think if you care, and but you're not a fan of reading books, just go read the wiki article. Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll be way faster. It'll now it'll take you like an hour because that's a long article, but it's better than a book. I'm a book reader, so I loved all of this. Just put in a chat GPT, summarize all three novels, and call it a day. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean. 
me and Sam were not book readers. Well, like, and I, I enjoyed, like, I enjoyed this. Um, as always, I, it kind of takes me a little bit longer because I am taking notes at the same time as I'm doing it. So it, it immediately, you know, probably quadruples the amount of time that I have to take on this fucking thing. Um, I just think that there is not any relevant information in here that you would necessarily be missing with the way that Thousand Year Blood War is being adapted in the anime. Um, Shinji's Bankai's already been brought, has already been brought over. It seems like Kubo is going a different route with the Soul King mm-hmm. um, backstory, especially if that's going to be Ichibei in the water. Um, I think you can basically cut this one out. I, I, I would be the only redeeming thing to this, and it could happen. If in Hellverse fucking Hakone or Aura makes an appearance, then shit on my dick. All right. I, you, you, got, you gotta read the novel. I mean, I, I never would I ever, but I just have a feeling that neither of them are ever, ever, ever going to show up. You think it's just going to be Elseworld pretty much? I just think they're never going to be mentioned ever. Uh, I'll say I kind of agree, uh, but the anime is not done. So maybe, but I will say, put yourself in the shoes of uh, us pre when did the anime come out? 2022. Yeah, you know, yeah. Ma- the manga's done. It doesn't finish in a very satisfactory way because Kubo's fucking exploding and dying. That's it. The Bleach anime's canceled. What do we got? We have so many questions we need answered. We never get to see Shinji's Bankai. The ending implies Shuhei has one. What happens to this character, that character? What the fuck was up with the Soul Reaper badge with uh, Genjo? The- this novel's like, I got you, bro. I got you. Here's, here's the answer. <laughs> Here's the answer to all of your questions because we can't get any more. Yeah. That's, I, th- I think for the past, it, this is incredibly valuable and I love reading it. Hopefully the anime ends much better and we won't need it, but I still say this is a good read. You should read it. Yeah. If you're a bleach fan and you want more content, there it is. It's good. It's written really well. It, it's yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. And this is from Mr. Dyslexia. 100% I was able to read it my wife timed me on how long it would take me to read a page now at first it was really bad that's I mean, disrespectful Jose that's disrespectful I told her to do it I'm like hey <laughs> I need to know how bad my dyslexia is and she's like okay well read the page back to me I'm like I don't want to anymore <laughs> it's not a classroom I'm not gonna I, read I was it just like, okay please I, I get it you're a teacher but calm down I eventually <laughs> really? got it down to about a, like a minute and 30 seconds that's not bad. I was picturing you sitting there like a third grader going, the, the. I did book. have to put my <laughs> finger on on the page a couple of times because I was legit just Jesus like, wait, I, I, I didn't read that right. Uh, d- dude, when I was reading, it was a ruler. You take the ruler and you put it under the lines and you go, ah, I can read it now. At one point, I thought I was cool and I took an index card when I was a kid and oh, I just that, cut yeah, out. That's the, a great idea. I took a great out idea. A, I cut out a slot and mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I'm only reading one yeah, that's line a great at a idea. time. Genius. This big brain. It, 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 let me tell you how much I hated doing that, and I was like, you know what? It feels like it's going on forever. Fuck this. <laughs> I can it see was, that. Like I got it and it worked, but just you know, dyslexia, yeah. man. Like I imagine you're halfway down a page and you're like, this is never ending. That's exactly what happened. I'm pretty sure I was in third grade. Uh, so I guess I'll I'll ask a, a couple wrap up questions. Sure. Um, so. Out of all of the new characters, who was your favorite? That bitch, Tokinata. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's go. <Yep. laughs> Let's go. Legit. I was like, I <laughs> I hate that I liked him, but fuck that guy, man. Fuck that guy. He's such an interesting character. You will remember that bitch, Tokinata. I, how can you not? He just poked and just poked and poked and poked. Like So, so the whole keeping account 
for how many times I would say, fuck that bitch, Tokinata. That was not like a bit. When we started book one, I was like, I have to keep count because this it just keeps happening. It's so natural. We got up to 19. Damn. And that was, like, I could have probably stretched it and made it an even 20, but I was like, no, these have to come from the heart. What about Good you, man. Sam? Uh, I would lean towards Tokunata as well, but I mean, mm-hmm. if I could give honorable mention, Sonosuke. I feel yeah. <laughs> he was in the novel he for so little time, but I just loved him. <laughs> you just like the, a snarky attitude. He was just, just like, a... so blatantly an asshole where he was just like, didn't hide it. He didn't play no games, didn't hide it at all. He's like, yeah, I did that, so what? And he knew. What are you going to do He's about so, it? He's so like, good of a healer. He's backed by all the aristocratic families who don't want to die. He knows he's, he's invincible. What's he going to do? Fucking love it. And even at the end, he also Kone. I'm like, what the fuck? And he mentions that his my hobby is keeping people alive longer than they want because fuck them. Yep. Yep. And like this is Hanatoro's brother. You know how, how good of a dude Hanatoro is. Yeah. Love it. Love Sinosuke. I also love the little bit where that where he's like, hey, 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 Hanatoro, maybe you might want to like leave for a couple days. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Giving you school shooter vibes, man. Like, like he was. He he was looking out for his brother in the most roundabout fuck you kind of way ever. And is there any character you feel got really improved by this book? I mean, the obvious one I was Shinji, Shinji, yeah. Shinji. Well, Shinji. though I feel like I maybe that wouldn't be a correct answer because Shinji was very well liked already. Um, had a cool ass theme, had a cool ass entrance, got skamazed by uh fucking Aizen, got skamazed by Bambietta. Um. I just think I really liked the character bits of Shinji in this one. Um, more so like something that I still remember is when they're jumping towards the big fight that's happening in the Rakongai with the mm-hmm. Kone originally. And Shinji's like, man, I should turn around. Like, I <laughs> really shouldn't go over there. Yeah. And when he talks to Kone and sees Kone, he's like, this is over my head. Yeah, the, if the I go forward, mo- I'm going to be in a, a fuck ton of bullshit. Yeah, the internal dialogue, it was just way too good. Yeah, really, really good. Um, just, Urahara again I thought had great parts in this novel my Yuri is always good already loved already loved uh, there's not much characters in here that I feel like I was improved upon from reading this novel are you Jose I'm, I'm with Sam I did like Shinji a lot Kuraku I still like him I already liked him but he was definitely more interesting here too his, his con- especially his conversations with that bitch Tokinata were so fun yeah Mm-hmm. My yeah, answer is always, always Little Toto. Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Great, Little Toto. Always great fantastic. Shout. Great the, shout. The actual mastermind between the uh, behind the Bambies. I just feel like Little Toto. I didn't think about because once again, which obviously this would have been much different before the anime. Mm-hmm. But I feel like with Thousand Year Blood anime, like seeing Little Toto talk and be animated, I'm like, she's cool. You can tell from yeah. the anime, she's cool. Like she's cool, but she didn't get to do a whole lot. But now she does. Yeah. I mean, I loved Grimjo's cringy moment. <laughs> Which which one was it? He had a bunch of them. Character no, no. who was decreased from this novel, Grimjo. No, he's the one. Remember, he's the king, and he's gonna go take on Iko, yeah, Iko Mikodomo Christ, and shit. Embarrassing. <laughs> I was like, that's right. That's Where your crown king? Embarrassing. That's really funny. You're Grimjo's having a, a self realization. He's like, I'm back, and you're just you're like, Ew, cringe. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, you you just chant this way, and I'm like, Oh my god. Grimjo yeah. <laughs> says the thing, and me and Jose are in the corner, like, Yeah, it's so cool. You go get it. Sam's like, Ugh, dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Post a meme. 
Yeah. I really, really enjoyed Nell's interactions with him, though. Those were just funny. Oh, they were so good. Just I like the Aronkar's interactions. All the Aronkar popped off this book. Dordoni. Dordoni, Whoa, oh, yeah. There's one Dordoni was that cool. improved from being in this novel. Loopy. Oh, yeah, Loopy. Mm-hmm. I still hate him, but, you know. You definitely had. I get him now, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had significant improvement. You would never have guessed in a million years that you like Loopy. But you can get Loopy now. You get him. Yeah, like, I totally understand why he's the way he is. Yep. Charlotte continues to be awesome. Like, yeah, Charlotte's Charlotte. just stunning, Charlotte dude. is at the peak, stays at the peak. <laughs> I love Kimpachi, it. Kimpachi just exists to make cool entrances now. Yeah. He shows up. Uh, I love that it's established that Kukaku's house is where you go for meetings. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. the top secret That's ones. off the grid meetings. Yeah, but spoilers for when we eventually get to Death Save Strawberry, people are going to hang out at Kukaku's house. <laughs> Let's go. Because that's where you go. And let's see, did I have any did I have any other things? Is there anything you particularly want to take away that you you enjoyed the most? What's your best scene out of all three? What's your favorite scene in all of it? I really like the uh, like the end of the Tozen bit where he fulfills the great the part. promise. Yeah. Great that call. that for great me was call. just great the call. great call. I we all forgot. Did do you do you believe this improved Tozen as a character at all? Yes. Yeah, one hundred percent, hundred percent. Hundred uh, percent. That's a good choice, Jose. What do you think, Sam? Uh, I would give my favorite parts of this novel out of all of Bleach. My favorite parts of them actually combining attacks. And there was two yeah. parts that they did that. Obviously, we talked about the Tokonata bit where mm-hmm. he was going ape shit, doing all kinds of stuff. But the battle against Igabigadomoe, where they all did their combo the super combo, well, yeah. with Halibol and the uh, the un- undead, the zombie corpse unit, where they all did their combo attack against the giant Igabigadomoe, fantastic. I love, love it. Igabigadomoe gets up, and then mini broken yep. hands and everything. Yeah, smacks Fucking him down. Awesome. And it's about goddamn time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Jujutsu Kaisen, that guy. Yep. yep. About goddamn time. Yeah, my favorite is at Little Toto's conversation with Grimmy. Yeah. Yeah, that and, was really good. And Little Toto's conversation with Nell. Where they both also yeah. ate the thing. Cool. They ate the thing and Lil Toto's conversation where, with Grim Jow, where she's like, so is Nell like do a thing with Ichigo? And Grim Jow's like, nah. nah. Lil Toto's conversation with anybody, period. Yeah. It's just that character shows up, I'm in. <laughs> Let's <laughs> yeah. go. Yep. Uh, do we have any closing thoughts? Uh, none for me. I think it's an enjoyable read. Um, if you are, I would say if you are a reader already, like you like reading novels, you like bleach. This is obviously a fucking slam dunk. The writer does a great job handling all the characters. I think even Kubo in the ending comments says that the author did an incredible job, like maintaining all the characters all at the same time. They all Um, feel like they're supposed to. Yeah. If you are exclusively a manga reader and you're not, a novel reader so let's say uh, i'm gonna call you a jose sorry jose 100 um i would say pass i would say not necessary uh definitely not gonna change your worldview on any of the characters if you want let's say your favorite character is a grim joe a shinji a hasagi for whatever reason or a kiraku i think you gain a lot of value by reading this i think a lot of those characters are very well represented in this novel and you would benefit from reading this i think you would enjoy it a lot if you do not care enough, you're not really interested in the kind of political underbelly side of soul society. If you're not interested in the history of the soul king, I don't think you're going to gain anything from this. There's a couple of cool bouts. There's a couple of cool combo attacks, but that's not 
revolutionizing your worldview on Bleach, per se. So take it with a grain of salt. If, if you like novels, I think you'll like this book. If you don't want to read a novel, you're not going to lose anything. You're not going to, it's not like you're going to miss a key part of the story of Bleach. Um, as has been hinted by the leaks, seems like that some of the stuff that you would typically think is pretty game changer in this novel might not be true. So I would take it with that. Um, I would give these books probably a solid four out of five though. So there you go. That's a good score. What about you, Jose? In terms of score, I'd probably give it like a, like a 4.5, almost, uh, almost a full five. Cause legit this has probably been the most books i've read in <laughs> since high school yeah. i'm not including manga because because I, I you know i read ma- manga non-stop and we all read ma- dude i was reading manga yesterday <laughs> but i mean jose closing thoughts you got any what you want to take away from this very similar to sam's actually because thousand year blood war is changing a lot of it especially like he said a lot of it might not be super relevant anymore and it might be changed but if you genuinely like bleach and you want more content and stuff that you can actually physically hold and read definitely give it a try i mean i i wasn't going to read it until we legit gave it a try i would say what they said but if you want a taste read the first book because it's pretty short and if you liked it continue and if you didn't just fuck off and read the article just read the wiki article that's fair yeah because like first book easy read i think we all nailed that one easy and then we were struggling through the last two well the second one scared me when i saw how thick it was i told i told you both i was like you know it's like twice the length sam said we could do that in one video (laughs) i have big ambitions pythes uh-huh big ambitions any closing thoughts from you, Pythes? Uh, these books are good if you're a fan of the lore like I am. If you're scouring Bleach Wiki articles, finding obscure shit, give these a read. If not, eh, you might you might like them. Try the first book. I still think these are fantastic. I also give them a 4 out of 5. I don't give anything 5 out of 5 because I don't believe anything is perfect. But There this, you go, just like Mayuri. Me, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with Mayuri completely on that. But since there's nothing perfect, I say get as close as you can. And for me, a lore fan, a book fan, a guy that loves history and mythology, this book was fantastic. All of these were great. Uh, I've read them a couple times. I guess this is read through read through three. And I'll probably do it again in a couple years. Well, okay. There, you, there go. you go. Well, thank you guys if you've been hanging on. I mean, what are we at? I'm trying to see my eyes here. We're almost two, or I think we just hit two hours and 40 minutes. I'll probably be a little bit shorter once I cut down all the, the gaps. Yeah. But it's, a, it's about three hours. Almost yeah. three hours of yeah. podcast here. Uh, if you guys have made it to the end, thank you guys so much. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say aside from that. I think we've covered all of our bases here. If you've read the novel, of course, let us know what you thought in the comments down below. If you're just going to listen to our, I guess, our audiobook podcast now, uh, please it's let true, us know how true. you enjoyed that as well. And a quick reminder, there might be a brief gap in Bleach Boys because I'm going to be in Japan. I leave February 1st, and I will not be back for a couple of weeks. So I will be gone and out of the country enjoying my time out there. Uh, unless Jose and Pythes want to get together at some point and figure that out. But I will be gone. So I will see you guys in the middle of February again is when we will be back uh, doing what on Bleach. I don't know. So we'll figure that out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, guys, as always, please leave a like, subscribe, let your friends know about the podcast. We are hopefully going to get some news about Bleach Camp Fear Your Own World or not Camp Fear Your Own World. Thousand Thousand Blood War. 
Core 3 sometime soon. They've started doing the voice acting for it, which is a good sign. Hopefully that makes that line up with July. And we will see you guys sometime in February for another episode. You guys have a good one. Bye, everybody.